ladies and gentlemen, to this Monday edition of the Hagman Report. want to give a special shout-out to, and a happy birthday, to my sister Jackie, who is here in studio. Everybody say happy birthday. Happy All birthday, once. Jackie. Studio audience, go ahead. Um, my, my princess, uh, actually, <laughs> my youngest daughter, Jackie. And uh, God bless you. Thank you, Jackie, for, for being the... Uh, the great young lady that you are, a great Christian young lady, and I'm proud of you. And, and where's thank my you piece so of much. birthday cake? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what happened to that? Actually, Joe and I, we were working uh, show prep before, while whilst uh, my family, along with Eric and and, and Jackie, had uh, yeah, they're out to dinner, dinner and we're working, and partying and such. But uh, before we get back to Pastor Paul Begley, uh, do you own a business? You know, right now, it's never been... I mean, businesses are hiring across the board, and if you are a business owner, small, medium, large business, it doesn't matter. If you're... Are you hiring... Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates available? Uh, we've got the place for you. Posting your job in one place right now is not enough to find quality candidates, with that, and that's what you're looking for. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all of the top job sites, and now you can... Go to ZipRecruiter.com. You can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. We have tried this. We've used it. We've, And I'm going to tell you something. It works. It is fantastic. You can find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. That's that's why uh, that's how we got John Robertson. I'm, I'm kidding on that. But, but seriously, we have... Um, we, we have used this and just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy to use interface. It is, if I can use it, anyone can use it. There's no juggling of emails, no calls to your office. You know how quickly that gets annoying. You can quickly screen candidates. You can rate them and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small and medium sized businesses. Right now, folks, Listeners to this program can post on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. One more time to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. Pastor Paul Bagley is our guest. His radio show is The Coming Apocalypse. Pastor, before the break, we were talking about a number of issues from the attack in Charlottesville, the media response and their hatred of Trump. Uh, you know, this whole white supremacy issue. And then we have uh, issues we were talking about during the break ongoing. The uh, North Korea-U.S. tensions rising. The uh, Robert Mueller investigation into Trump. And then we have a number of uh, natural events that are upcoming from the solar eclipse to the uh, the incident on, Sever- on September 23rd where the stars are going to be in a great alignment. Where do you want to start off this hour? Well, you know, when you when you talk about uh, North Korea, I think that uh, it's now August the 15th in North Korea. This is the deadline day. He set the day. He said it was his plan that he was going to uh, fire off these um, missiles. He's got four of them pointed right toward uh, Guam. And, uh, you know, it's so does he do it or not? Well, uh, General, excuse me, former General, now the Secretary of Defense, James Mad Dog Mattis, made a comment not long ago today saying, don't worry, if he fires them, we will shoot them down, period. So, 
So does Kim Jong Un do it? Does he go ahead and do it, or is it, you know, does he let this deadline pass? Uh, uh, what does that all mean? I mean, and if he does, and we do shoot him down, is that a provocation strong enough that Trump wants to uh, go in with a wouldn't be considered a preemptive strike, but it would be a retaliation? And uh, China is saying if it's a preemptive strike, they're going to back Kim Jong Un. Um, so. You know, here we go. I mean, this is a big day. Let's see if this day passes with nothing happening because that would be really, really good, but it won't solve the problem. And if you go back to that 1999 interview that Donald Trump did with the late Tim Russert on Meet the Press, it, it was, it might as well have been a prophecy because what Trump said, if we don't deal with North Korea's antics now, we'll have to deal with them later and there'll be a lot bigger toys. And that's where we're at. That's right. That, that was in 1999, I believe, right? Yes, 1999. Right. Yeah, because I, I did play that during my morning show. Yeah, this is amazing. Um, I, I had the occasion to speak with my insurance agent this morning on a different matter and asked if I, if I could take out a million-dollar life insurance policy on Kim Jong-un. And, of course, you can't, but uh, that said. Um, yeah, I, 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 do you – Wow. I can't believe, Doug, I can't believe that this guy, that, that his own people haven't taken him out. I really? can't believe there isn't. Think about it. I mean, yeah. he fed his, he fed his uncle to the, to the bunch of hungry hound dogs. He shoots his aunt in the head. He kills his ex-girlfriend. I mean, uh, his half brother gets, uh, rubbed down in, uh, some kind of, uh, radiation <laughs> or something. I mean, this, this guy shoots people day and night, executes them. You would think, you would think that within the ranks, someone would say enough is enough, but they, uh, they worship these guys like gods, I guess. It's, it is amazing. Um, yeah, I, regime change, is that the, ultimately, is that, is that, is that the goal here? Uh, obviously, and, and I've heard you talk about this, Pastor, you know, the Korean War never ended, of course. It, there's just a ceasefire in place. And, uh, but, but what, what, what's the end game here with respect to North and South Korea, North, North Korea in particular, in your estimation, based on your analysis and your research? You know, this is a, cr a crux. This is a critical point in history because it's really not about North Korea. It's about the United States and China and Russia. If the United States was to do a regime change move, uh, first of all, I don't think China would let it happen. I, I really don't. I think. China would say, okay, you want to take Kim Jong-un out, you, you've made your statement, but we're going to step in and we're going to decide who the next leader of this country is going to be. Because I don't think China and Russia want to have a, a U.S. ally setting in the front, you know, right in the back door. So uh, this would be a major, bold, uh, I mean, a tremendously bold move by the Trump administration if they try to take out Kim Jong-un and then reunify all of Korea. It would be wonderful if it happened, but I, boy, you talk about a bold move. What would the Chinese do? What would the Russians do? Uh, you're really at a tipping point of potential World War III, and a couple reasons is look at the buildup that Russia has along the NATO border. Look at all of the, from in the United States right now, all up and down the West Coast, the Canadians are doing it along their west coast and all the way up into Alaska. We have missile defense systems in place. We have literally got battleships and, and submarines 
everywhere protecting our back door in case this North Korea thing blows sky high and Russia wanted to go in the back door. So this we've not been we've not been here before since World War II. We've not been in this situation. You know, estimates, military estimates, and I don't know how many people know this. Uh, recent military estimates report that um, should there there be a, an attack against North Korea, they, they estimate that twenty percent of the North Korean population of twenty five million would become refugees. It would would, would move north or south. Uh, so into into China, into Russia, and, and with Russia, that I think is what is it, twelve mile border, eleven mile border, something like that. Um, yeah. So you know. What, what you talk about a humanitarian, potential humanitarian crisis, by really caused by the regime of this uh, madman there. It's, it's really incredible. Wow. Is, yeah. this, is this anywhere in the Bible, Pastor? I mean, obviously, obviously, I'm, I'm asking this. Uh, aside from the, the times of war, is right? Is this there's, anywhere? There's actually a scripture in Daniel chapter 11. That uh, I have talked uh, talked about this several times. That I think it's referring to this situation. It's a, a verse right here, right toward the end of the chapter. In the eleventh chapter of Daniel, it talks about the rise of the Antichrist spirit that moves into the land. And, uh, and when you go to Daniel chapter eleven, it talks about what looks to me like the Arab Spring. So. Obama plays a major role in this because he actually, Obama and Hillary Clinton actually brought the Arab Spring to the table. They called for the removal of the leader of Tunisia, Ben Ali, and then Hosni Mubarak of Egypt, and then Muammar Gaddafi of Libya, and then Ali Alabala Saleh of Yemen, and then they, and then Bashir Assad of Syria. And one by one, these guys fell till we got to Assad, and then Russia stepped in and stopped it. Look at this verse. So, okay, if you read Daniel 11, 41 through 44, you will see all these countries, it says, he shall enter into the glorious land. Many countries will be overthrown, including Egypt, and, uh, and the, but the children of Amman, or Amman, Jordan, they won't fall, and they didn't. Egypt fell twice during this process. And then you get in here, the Libyans, the Ethiopians, okay. The, I mean, it's right down the line. Then it says these words, but, verse 44, but tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore he shall go forth with a great fury to destroy and utterly to make away many. So this Arab Spring was just taking them down one by one but when Russia stepped into Syria and said no more, he put an end to the Obama madness of the Middle East. And now the east, trouble from the north, which would be Russia, trouble from the east, which would be China, now North Korea, the eastern part, slows down the process of the globalization. And I'm not saying Russia was trying to cause it. They just caused Trump. They just stopped the Obama uh, globalization, the, the Illuminati, the New World Order. The two things happened. Brexit, three things happened. Brexit, that messed up the globalization plan. Trump getting elected, that really messed up the globalization plan. And Russia stopping Obama's uh, domino effect in the Middle East, that messed up the globalization plan. But yes, it does say trouble from the East, and I think that we're, we're witnessing that trouble right now in that area. Yes, we are. And, you know, when we see 
one of the things that's interesting, we talked about this on the show last week, the uh, Bank of International Settlements and the list of countries from the the Bush uh, group, PNAC, that they wanted to overthrow in order to implement central banks in these countries were North Korea, Iran, Syria, Libya, Sudan, Ethiopia, and there was another one. All the countries now have central banks in it except for North Korea and Iran, which are you know, labeled as our two biggest enemies in uh, by the media, by the political establishment. Uh, and we see uh, North Korea living up to that with the rhetoric, uh, which is all that they, they are doing. But the last one to challenge the the international monetary system was Gaddafi in Libya, where he, he decided to take the uh, country away from the U.S. dollar and use gold only, and he was immediately killed. That's when Hillary Clinton came in and said, you know, we came, we saw, he died. Now North Korea and Iran are the two countries left without the central banks in them, and it's no wonder that we see them being the targets of the New World Order uh, establishment. And I guess the question is, and we have asked a, a few guests this last week, and they all agree that these countries will have to be destabilized. These central banks will have to be placed into these countries for the complete grip of the new world economic order to take place. Uh, what do you think, Pastor? I agree, and I had this discussion with Heidi actually about three days ago, and we were talking about the fact that these are the only two countries left that have not come, you know, that are operating outside of that, uh, really the central banking system. Okay, and where all this quantum easing's been going on, uh, it's paper money, it's monopoly money, it's digital money, it's not even real money, and but because these two these two countries do not participate in the uh, system for the new world order, for a, there to be a one world government, they got to get everybody on this page, or the system won't work. And I'm talking about the mark of the beast system. It has to be. A worldwide, there can't be no loose cannons. And so I, I agree with you 150% that this is part of it. You know, you have the global elitists, you have the Bilderberg group, you, you notice every time the Bilderberg group meets, there's always a change in the economic, whether it's interest rates, who's going to be the Fed chair, uh, international monetary fund, this new group, this five called BRIC. Everything comes out of that meeting. And ever, right after that meeting, big time trouble. North Korea just got targeted. They've always been an issue, but now they seem like they got a huge uh, bullseye on their back. It's as if this has to be done. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, it's, what, what do you think about the, what, one thing that I see as a common thread with the North Korea-USA situation is uh, the rhetoric from North Korea, the continued threats. What do you think about the specific threat about hitting Guam? Do you believe that the North Koreans even have the capability to do that? I do think they have the capability to hit Guam, but I don't think they realize what capability we have to shoot down their missiles. I do believe they can hit them. I do think they have the right missiles. Uh, the Pentagon says they have them. Uh, do they have the ability to retrofit a small nuke on there? I don't know about that. But uh, and some of this is hype to give Trump the okay to do a preemptive strike. Part of this is the media is building up North Korea to be worse than of a threat than they are. 
they're more of a threat to South Korea. They've got all right. of these little mid, you know, small artillery and small missiles they could just shoot across the border. That one, they could really do some damage and kill a lot of people. And we've got 28,000 of our own men and women uniforms sitting right there. But they could hit Guam if we left them alone. But uh, I don't think we'll lo- let that happen. We'll shoot it out of the sky. You know, it, it, I, I find it very interesting that, that people don't really understand. It was Bill Clinton. It was his administration that really allowed this to, to get where it's at. And, and of course, um, the appeasement policy of, of the Obama regime. And they got to throw Bush in there as well. Because, yes, you do. You know, so, I mean, to be fair, you've got, you've got Clinton selling or, or the quid pro quo situation with China and hence North Korea and, and Iran as well. Uh, but not so much with with Clinton, and then you've got Obama with Iran, and uh, uh, yeah, it's just a mess. What a mess! Well, uh, don't forget Al Gore. Don't forget Al Gore. That's true. Because he he's the one that sat there with the the Buddhist monks, and 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 he was you know he was smelling the incense, and <laughs> and, the, and he was worried about the polar caps, and he invented the internet. And he handed over the uh, documents and the uh, intellectual property to the Chinese and the North Koreans. I mean, Al Gore, you can't forget him. He he was doing the bidding, really, of Bill Clinton. And then, as you said, Obama. Obama just appeases him. I mean, look, this and Bush. Bush has been involved in the appeasement. They all have. This is the first time we've had anybody say, no, enough is enough. Now, what does that mean? And what kind of information is... President Trump really getting, you know, you have to wonder if you're the if you're the guy there and they're bringing you reports. Well, are the reports they bring you the truth or not? That's a, that's another whole story. Okay, Pastor, if we we can switch gears here, uh, I saw an article that I posted on Hagman Report last Friday. It's from Michael Snyder and his website, the Economic Collapse Blog. And he posted an article about uh, 21, I believe it's 21 things that are going to happen in the next 40 days. I'm trying to pull up the article now. One of those uh, is the solar eclipse. Today he has a new article, 10 Very Strange Facts About the August 21st Solar Eclipse That Will Blow Your Mind. Um, and the article that I referred to earlier about the... Uh, the number of different 12 critical events are going to happen over a 40-day period from August 21st to September 30th. And it goes into, uh, it starts with the Great American Eclipse, which is the August 21st, that, that it's going to sweep, August 21st. It's going to sweep across the nation, starting in Oregon, and it's going to be a full eclipse for much of the country, and a partial eclipse for, that uh, you guys got to check out the, the paths. But it's the first time in 99 years that we're going to have a full solar eclipse. What do you think? Uh, I mean, obviously, this is a natural occurring event, Pastor. We have had eclipses for years. I remember in elementary school being taken out of school and given these special glasses when we had almost a full eclipse uh, here where we live. And uh, just like a full moon, it's usually tied to strange behavior and an uptick in strangeness in animals and, and humans. Uh, but what do you expect to see with this eclipse? Well, I, I think it's a, I, I, yeah, I'm definitely going to see it and I'm going to be in uh, Boise, Idaho for the, here, the Watchman Conference and, and then we're going that day. We're taking a bus up to the Continental Divide 
and we're going to be there with the thousands of crazy people that are going to be watching this. And I mean, it's going to be insane. Pagans, witches, warlocks, wizards, they're all going to be up there. It's, I don't know what I'm going to, uh, but I believe it's a warning from God for America. The reason is the the day it happens is the first day of Elu, which is the first day of 40 days of repentance. And it just so happens that's the day of the eclipse. That's also the same exact day that the eclipse went over Nineveh when Jonah showed up and said, God's going to destroy the city in 40 days. It was the the first day of Elu or the 40 days of repentance. Now, Nineveh repented and God spared the city. I don't know what that means for America. And uh, also, we've seen the, the solar eclipse of 1918 that you're referring to, Joe. That was followed by the great flu of 1918 that killed almost 700,000 people in America, including my great-grandmother. Uh, also, in the, the solar eclipse of 1133, the king of England died the day of the solar eclipse that went over England and part of Europe. It also, uh, there was a solar eclipse, of course, that brought down the, the Ottoman Empire uh, as, as well. So, these solar eclipses, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, I just want to read this one verse. It says this, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. So for your calendar, for sure, and for night and day. But what about signs? Those are prophetic signs. And seasons in the Hebrew means divine appointments or maybe feast days. So we are seeing God has always used the signs. Matter of fact, Jesus said there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and distress of nations with perplexity or confusion. The sea, the waves roaring and men's hearts have failed them for fear for looking after those things that are coming upon the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Um, this is just before the, you see the sign of the Son of Man coming. So I really truly believe that this is a prophetic sign without question, and it specifically is for America this time, because we're the, we're the nation that's... It, and if you look at the path of it, it literally is the exact dividing line between the North and the South in the time of the Civil War. That's, this is stunning. And we aren't we a pretty divided nation right now? I mean, isn't that how you guys started the show? Oh, absolutely. We're, uh, this is a divided nation, at least, uh, now politically more so than ever, uh, than I can remember. Right. And I think that's part of the repent, repentance that God is calling for is, and, it, and we can't let it be in the church for so long in the body of Christ. There's been division among denominations, among, you know, views and ideologies and doctrine. And look, it's okay to have opinions and it's okay to even have different denominations if you want. But boy, we got to pull together in these last days. Uh, we're not the enemy. Uh, and same thing for America. America's got to pull together and not be so... But we've got so many of these... Uh, the swamp is seriously so slippery, slimy, sleazy, and slushy. And it's just... It's, it's ugly down there. And the more that it gets drained, the uglier it gets. And we're finding out just how divided and how ruthless some of these folks are. Uh, in the swamp in Washington, and, and uh, this is a sign from God, I think, directly for America this time. And you know uh, what's interesting 
about this great American eclipse is it is the first time that a solar eclipse will only be visible in the United States since the United States first became a nation. And that's, uh, that, that's pretty interesting. And we also had the blood moons that fell on, uh, on, on Jewish holy days. Uh, the four blood moons that we had just, uh, just a few years back. And then, you know, leading up to September 23rd, as Michael Snyder points out, this date, uh, of what has become known as the Revelations 12 sign on September 3rd, a unique astronomical, astronomical alignment of the sun, the moon, the constellation Virgo, Leo, planets Jupiter, Mars, Mercury, Venus are going to fulfill a passage from the Book of Revelations, according to many, Book of Revelation, according to many. Um, a lot of, uh, interesting, uh, numerology going on here too, as Michael Snyder also points out that at the end of, is it, uh, September 29th, Yom Kippur events at, begins at sunset and it concludes on September 30th. September 30th will be the end of the 40-day period that begins with the Great American Eclipse on August 21st. So pretty interesting um, to see a number wow. of these things line up. So you have August 21st, the Great American Eclipse. Then September 23rd, you have the Revelation 12 alignment. And September 29th is uh, Yom Kippur, the beginning of Yom Kippur, which concludes, right. and the, the date it concludes on September 30th is uh, encompasses a 40-day period that begins with the Great American Eclipse. That's exactly right. So, and it is absolutely, and those are hitting on very important prophetic Jewish feast days, which or uh, which speaks directly to Genesis chapter one verse fourteen. And there's another sign, uh, Joe, and that is October the 12th. We have an asteroid. The asteroid is called 2012 TC4. And this asteroid is going to come so dangerously close to the Earth that NASA has said that every observatory and every telescope is turning toward the space to capture it as soon as it gets close so that the best mathematicians we got can calculate to be sure it doesn't hit us. It's going to come within 4,000 miles of the Earth or closer, plus the gravitational pull, they're very concerned. And oh, by the way, that happens the day after the Feast of uh, Tabernacles, the conclusion of the feast season. Here comes this asteroid. I don't think it's going to hit us, but it's going to be so close. They're they're worried about it. I mean, they're extremely worried about it, and we'll know more about that. You'll start hearing the mass media talk about it around October 1st or 2nd when it comes into view. And the calculations are done. So that's, yeah. a, that's another one. I'm glad you brought that up. This is, uh, again, as you said, asteroid 2012 TC4 will make its return on October of 2017. And, uh, they're still trying to count. They said that years ago, it brushed up against the planet years ago. And the calculations of its trajectory told astronomers it would return again in October of 2017. They say previous calculations can only be sure that it would pass within a window of 4,200 to 170,000 miles, but its size and uh, precise uh, movements could not be pinned down. And it's, uh, you know, we see these stories all the time where usually after an asteroid passes, they say, oh, you know, meteor brushes by Earth. Uh, Nobody saw it coming. We see those stories a lot. And 
it will be interesting to see this. Now you're saying it could be close enough that the actual gravitational pull of the Earth could pull it in. Uh, it could, and 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 NASA admits that, but says, but don't worry about it. It's not going to happen. Okay, but we don't know if it's going to come within four thousand forty-two hundred miles or one hundred seventy-five thousand miles. Joe, that is a huge difference. I mean, that is a huge difference. I mean, so we don't know yet about this one, okay? And what I find fascinating is CBS has a brand-new series out right now called Salvation. It's on every Wednesday night, and uh, it's about an asteroid on a collision course with Earth, and they are trying to figure out a way to, to shoot it out of the sky. Now, remember... Vladimir Putin said two years ago that he was pointing his nuclear missiles toward the heavens for any incoming asteroids. He's already said that. And it was Barack Obama and the, uh, that opened up the, what they called the Armageddon office in the White House for what he called an upcoming, uh, space weather event. So I'm not saying that TC4, that, uh, this, this asteroid is going to hit us, but they can't assure us 100% that it won't. They won't know till early October. So you got your solar eclipse, you got your constellations. Oh, by the way, folks, that's September 23rd constellation, Joe. That's in the Bible. That was prophesied 2,000 years ago by the, by the, uh, Apostle John. And it's the only time it's ever going to happen. It's never happened before. And they've used quantum computers and have run the model forward forever, for infinity. This constellation never sets up like this again. And you're telling me we're in this window, these three signs, boom, boom, boom. I'm just saying that people need to get start doing some inventory. Take a look in the mirror, guys. Ask yourself, are you where you need to be with God? Because God's trying to get our attention. No, you're absolutely right. Um, just look at everything that's transpired in the last year from the election of uh, the the impossible election of Donald Trump and everything that's transpired since and then we have you know the um these uh signs from the 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 sky and the sun um and as you said you just quoted the bible verse earlier that the that we would see the signs in the sun in the moon in the stars uh you know the nations roaring um all these signs have uh, are, are coming together all at once or in a in a small period of time which you know a lot of people are saying that uh the rapture is going to happen just because we're having this alignment and obviously the bible says nobody knows the day nor the hour except the right. father in heaven so we have to dismiss any of the date setting but as far as getting our attention uh that's something that you know historically even from the old testament to the new testament we know the lord does and he does it through uh, a number of events, whether it's through people or through nature uh, that's around us. And unfortunately, not many people are paying attention, and, and some of those who are don't want to attribute the that to the Lord. And as that happens, uh, you know, he's going to continue to call on to his people uh, with these types of, of signs. And then, you know, what the signs that the, the people want are going to be the signs that the Antichrist gives, the lying signs and wonders. And that's, exactly. um, you know, are we in that time? You know, this is a, a time like no other, and folks really need to pay attention because we don't know, uh, you know, biblically, prophetically, how soon the day of the Lord is. You know, Joe, to this point, Amos said this. In Amos chapter 8, verse 9, he said, And it shall come to pass in that day, 
saith the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. Now, it was referring to a time when there would be great judgment coming upon the earth. And uh, this eclipse will be taking place at noon in some ports, portions of the United States. Also, another thing about this, to your point, I love the fact you brought up that the Antichrist or that the beast would want to come with his lying signs and wonders. You see, these signs are prophetically prophesied in the Bible that we're seeing. These three signs are not man-made. These are God-made. Solar eclipses for such a time as this, who could have mathematically calculated for the solar eclipses to take place at certain times and certain seasons to affect certain nations? And then this constellational thing to land on the Feast of Trumpets, that's, I mean, it's absolutely the next thing to impossible. And then you have the asteroids. So these are three God signs. But the Antichrist will try to do signs, and he will do signs. They'll be lying. They'll be deceptive. He may use all kinds of different technology to do it, to fool the people, to deceive the people. But I'm glad that the Bible tells us what signs we will see, and they are pointing to the coming of the Son of Man. And I'm with you. It doesn't mean, you know, I don't believe that this means there's no date setting here. Jesus don't even know when he's coming back. But certainly these are signs to make us aware that we are in the last days and that we need to really take a look at where we are with God. And I would I would just encourage all your listeners out there. To, I know many of them are Christian, but uh, there are some that aren't, no doubt. And you need to stop and look at this. Look how perfect God is. And these left-wing liberals that do nothing but conjure up uh, hate and and uh, bigotry and and try to create animosity and try to tear down you part part of the reason they want to tear down America is they really want to tear down America's faith in God. That's the bottom line. When you get right down to the brass tacks, freedom, uh, the, your, your, your all your constitutional amendments are based on biblical principles of freedom. And super social. Just look what's happening to Venezuela. <laughs> Somebody get Bernie Sanders and send him down to Venezuela. Let Bernie spend a weekend down there and let him understand what this socialistic experiment will bring. It, it will bring nothing but chaos and misery. Go ask Fidel Castro's Cubans. The Cuban people have suffered for 60 some years. Look at North Korea. Oh my Lord. So it doesn't work. It doesn't. So, so all of this, everything that we're seeing, Pastor, and I believe this to be the case, uh, we're being set up, I suppose. I, I don't know how else to, to really describe this, but we're being set up um, for judgment, the day of judgment, but we're being warned ahead of time. Um, it's interesting you mentioned, too, about the, the progressives, about the, the, the socialists in, in, in the United States in particular. Uh, it seems to me that the agenda here is to eradicate all of Christianity or, or contaminate Christianity with, with Chrislam or some perverted form of Christianity that does not include the Son of God, Jesus Christ, that dis, would disinclude Jesus and create this false Christian belief system, uh, which I believe is even more dangerous than, than any kind of a vacuum absent of uh, uh, any type of Christian, and and I and I see this 
this coalescing, this whole thing coalescing, especially with events like with what happened in uh, Virginia over the weekend. You know, the, the collective calamity that we're seeing take place, it's my belief, that um, it's going to push us toward having to choose sides that does involve some level of our faith. Um, and, and, and how the Pope gets, you know, is involved in this as well. And I, I guess what I'm trying to say, and I'm, I'm biting up this big chunk of this big elephant here in the room, but, uh, <laughs> man, you know, all of these signs and everything that's, that's taking place and these events and, and look how fast ha- everything is happening. You, we, you know what? Even Paul Begley couldn't do a show, I, I believe this, uh, to cover all of the news in one day, even if you were on oh. 24-7, you know? Um, no way. So, and you know, it, it, you know, Doug, you bring up the Vatican. I mean, uh, the biggest globalist on the planet right now is Pope Francis. I don't think people understand, but he immediately embraced the United Nations agenda, what's called global sustainability. He endorsed it. He came to the United States. Barack Obama rode out the red carpet. He embraced the Obama doctrine of globalization. And uh, then he went before our Congress, and then he went to the United Nations and addressed the world. And his entire message was always this, globalization, uh, you know, basically new world order, okay, one world government. I mean, he was all over this, and that, that would include a one world religion, uh, and that's where Chrislam does come in. And so we've already seen this from this pope. I mean, two years ago, I remember being in Canada preaching up there, and at the same time, the Pope brought in uh, people from seven different religions, not denominations of Christianity, religions to pray uh, at the Vatican. Now, I'm not throwing uh, any of the uh, of our Catholic brothers and sisters out there. I'm not throwing any off on any of you, but I've I've baptized a lot of Catholics here recently, and they all tell me that the Pope's not Catholic. I mean, <laughs> what he believes and what they've been doing and, and believing in Jesus Christ is not the same. So we're witnessing a transformation, the spirit of the Illuminati. There's no question that this, the beast is trying to rise. And as it rises, you're going to see a dividing line where you're going to have to choose which side you're on, folks. You're either going to have to hold to God or cave in and accept the beast. And uh, if you can't stand for God right now in, in a good time, how are you going to stand in the crunch time? Because that's, I think that's why Jesus said, pray that you be worthy to escape the hour of temptations coming upon the world. In other words, get strong enough to handle it when it starts to come. And, um, we're, we're watching it, Doug. It's, it's the progressive movement is part of that globalist, globalistic change. And, and they've got a, a, I'll just say this, a progressive movement, uh, as, as, as to their agenda, they've got a rocket up their butt. Okay, because it is fast and, and going Pastor, across the country. If I can ask you this, um, we know in in America here, uh, many people, regardless of the polls that say seventy percent identify as Christian, many people have turned away from God, and specifically, you know, many in the Democratic Party, the progressive left, and many in the in the on the right will use the name of God, but on the left hand side, they've wholeheartedly, you know, just said. There is no God. Get him out of our schools. Get him out of everything that we do. We don't want any right. reference to him. 
How much of what we're seeing do you believe, you know, like when uh, Pastor Langford was on the other day and he went over the story of the Pharaoh hardening, uh, God hardening the Pharaoh's heart. Uh, how much of what we're seeing do you believe is a reaction where God is saying, okay, you don't want uh, any association with me. You want to be godless. I'll turn you over, uh, you know, to a godless people, into a godless people. How much of of what we see going on in the in the country here, even politically, do you attribute to, to spirituality, um, the spiritual uh, one, battle? Uh, you know, Pastor Langford's exactly right. You know, the Bible says that uh, God said that He would turn them over to a hardness of heart and a reprobate mind to believe those things that are convenient. Okay. So and he says that in the book of Romans, chapter 1. And uh, then it, it, the, it even tells you that when the spirit of the Antichrist, which I believe is already in process, big time, that when this comes, that, that God said that they'll believe, they'll be deceived, they'll believe strong delusion. It's in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. They'll believe a lie and they'll all be damned. And it's so, so at some point, God says, look, if that's what you want to do, I, I'm, I'm trying my best to set you free. I'm, I'm offering you my grace and mercy. I could show you a better life. I could fill your heart with peace. But when people want to pervert everything, pervert the genders, pervert marriage, pervert the church, pervert the country, pervert the neighborhood. I mean, when people finally just, just reject God so blatantly, and God says, okay, I'm just going to turn you over to that. I'm done. I can't, what can I do? And, um, I think that that's exactly what you're witnessing around the world, actually. You're witnessing this hardness of heart, just like Pharaoh. And you know, God, it, it took 10 times. It took 10 times of Pharaoh. And I think what you're going to see, what you're witnessing right now is the hardening of the heart of the left. And of course, already, those that are worshiping pagan gods are already there, but now we're seeing it. They're rejecting God. You know what the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah? It says, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and they've hewn themselves out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. It's one thing to be believing something that's wrong. It's another thing to have had something right and reject it and take something wrong. America has no excuse. We've had the truth. We've built our constitution uh, around the principles of the Bible of liberty and freedom for all. We had the truth. We're walking away from the truth to believe a lie. It's not good. It's not good. It's not good. No, you're, you're exactly right, Pastor. And it is, um, uh, for, for Christians, it's very hard to continue to watch, you know, this, the the morals being uh, bankrupted from this country to even where they're per- trying to pervert children now with this transgender agenda and what's even and what's really messed up about it is the establishment and the media are now the ones promoting it and calling those people who will as Obama would say cling to religion or hold firm to their faith as the intolerant the hateful the bigoted ones because we deplorable. Ex- yeah, de- deplorable. Perfect example. And, you know, it, you just have to ask, it, are they going to wake up? Is common sense going to prevail? But we see, you know, those who don't accept or call out the transgenderism, even with children, they're haters. They're the ones who are going to be censored on YouTube and Google and whatnot. What do you have to say about uh, the 
the ADL Anti-Defamation League teaming up with YouTube to now to be able to say, well, this is extremist content because it doesn't line up with the mainstream media's, uh, you know, talking points and being able to, to isolate and, and categorize your video in a place where nobody can see it unless they absolutely go and search for you and search for your video. You know, it's the biggest hypocrisy on the face of the planet. When you talk about freedom of speech, and I understand YouTube is a private company, okay, so they can decide what, but, but don't, then don't lie about it, okay? Don't play this, this game that it's, this is for everyone, but, but only everyone that follows and believes our way. And so what you're seeing here is this, I mean, the left say that they believe in, they say they're progressive, but they're the furthest thing from progressive. Because what they've done, they're, they, uh, they isolate, they eliminate. You either do it their way or you're out. And, uh, and, and they, they believe the, the end justifies the means. They'll do anything. They will kill. They will murder. They will slander. They will, uh, uh, disassociate. They will do anything to further their own agenda, yet promise liberty. You know, they're a lot like the Bible. They, they promise the people liberty, but they enslave them in their, uh, left-wing liberal ways. And this, this transgender movement, guys, with the children, okay? Transgenderism among children, forcing this upon children is what they're doing. Uh, yeah. and, and then get, and then they get mad at us for saying to look, little boys are little boys, little girls are little girls, <laughs> let's train them in the way it should. This is not common sense, guys. I mean, like, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure this out. No, you're right. And the University of Michigan, insane. there was a study done by the University of Michigan where, uh, the person or persons who conducted the study came out with the conclusion that preschools were not uh, gay enough, that there there was too much heterosexuality in preschools. I mean, this is what the world's coming to. And I, rem- I read this quote earlier on the Daily Show that we do from uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, to be yourself in a world that is con- constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. And it, it was very fitting for today's time because, uh, and, and the, what's really troublesome with the, the transgender, the, the gender, uh, you know, the, the multiple gender issues, the uh, assault on everything that is God, either from a man and woman to the to marriage to just everything God has established, they are not only telling you that you're wrong if you don't tolerate uh, what they say, but then they they censor your point of view, basically saying you don't have a right to say it. And we're getting to the point where it's almost exactly like George Orwell's 1984, where uh, you know what is it? Uh, peace is violence, or peace equals war. Um, you know, truth equals lies. Everything is the the opposite, and they can't win with the common sense argument. They can't win with the facts, so they have to uh, oppress and silence their opposition uh, out of the equation. And that's, I mean, what's the, what one uh, you know really progressive president coming into office away from actual seeing type of FEMA camps and political prisoners? I mean, oh, absolutely. How soon uh, until our point of view is outlawed? We were within an eyelash of it on November the 8th. We were, we were within one heartbeat. Hillary Clinton was, that was the final election for America had she won. It was, it had begun. The, the, the lights are on guys. They're like Motel 6. They're leaving the FEMA lights on. Uh, it, it's ready to go. And the technology to implement this, this global one world order, new world order is already in their hands. 
they were, this thing was on its way. Henry Kissinger's probably freaking out because he's got to wait another four years or more. And, uh, he don't know if he can see it last that long. I mean, they are, we're on the brink and, um, God has given us a reprieve. I'm going to tell you now, it was the people voted, the people prayed and there was, they kept saying, the media kept saying, Donald Trump, Donald Trump has no path to victory. There's no conceivable path. There's just no path. Well, God said he'd make a way where there seems to be no way. Uh, and, uh, and so he made that way. And we've got a little window of reprieve. What we do with it and how we move forward is really uh, going to be up to us. But ultimately, we know this beast system is coming. We can't stop that prophecy. We can delay it. We can fight back, and we need to do that as hard as we can. But we, at the same time, this is reality. This is We're in the last days, and I think it's time for people to understand it. I don't know what that means, if that's you know 25 years or 25 months or 25 weeks. I couldn't tell you, but we're in the team picture, guys. We're in the team picture. That's some uh, wow, absolutely incredible. As we look at the total or the, um, the the complete picture, and, and I think we have to do that. Yeah, you know, we have to look at everything and, and see how everything interconnects. And, and by the way, that's the only way, at least in my view, when you see things happening domestically and then geopolitically and across the, the board, if you don't look at everything through a biblical worldview, to me. You're not getting the full picture, and and I think that that's so important. And I know that's what you do, uh, Pastor Paul Bigley is our guest. Pastor, we've got uh, my six goodness, minutes. Seven, six, minutes. Yeah, seven minutes left of our time together, brother. Wow. Uh, where do you want to? Anything that we haven't talked yeah. about? <laughs> well, I want to thank you guys for coming to Gurney, Illinois. I just want you to know that it was a tremendous honor to have to have a conference with you guys in it, John Robinson as well. You guys just brought a powerful uh, presentations, and uh, it was a great it was a great conference. And we're still people just are raving about this. They they just keep talking about this. Uh, uh, the fact that uh, you know the truth was spoken, lives were changed, eyes were opened, and uh, I pretty I really appreciate it. Well, you know, Pastor, you've done so much for so many uh, through your the conferences you've put on and the the. Um, uh, conferences you uh, have uh, pre- presented. Uh, it's just amazing. And, and of course, I, this, your stamina is just incredible with respect to the shows that you do and your TV shows and all of your projects and everything. Uh, we, we just, we just, we think the world of you. We really do. You're, you're, uh, man, you, you, I'll, well, I'll, I'll have what I you're having. <laughs> I love yeah. you guys. Can I want to throw one thing out and, and, uh, I have a brand new DVD that's come out. We were talking about the solar eclipse. I, yeah. I forgot this. But it's called The Total Eclipse of the Sun, S-O-N. And it's a one-hour DVD. It's available at my website in which I talk about this total solar eclipse, a lot of factual information historically and biblically with eclipses, and uh, and also the Revelation 12 on September 23rd. I completely uh, diagram it all. It's a great PowerPoint. My wife Heidi did tremendous research on it, and that is available for people. And it's a great learning tool. It's a great, great teaching that I think would help people, especially 
if you're out there and you're saying, I just don't understand that constellation thing, it doesn't make sense. We literally draw it out for you and help you understand it. But when you hear, for instance, you know, you remember Hezekiah in the Bible. Hezekiah was sick unto death, okay? The prophet Isaiah was sent in there to tell him that you better get your house in order because you're going to die. And as the prophet leaves, Hezekiah turns his face to the wall and he asks God to please forgive him and to, and to heal him and to let him live. And the Lord said, all right, I hear your prayer. I'm going to let you live. And I'll move the sun forward. And Hezekiah said, that's easy for you. Move it backwards and prove to me you're going to heal. Well, God did. He moved it back 10 degrees. Well, what it really was was a partial eclipse. When the sun went over, when the moon went in front of the sun, that means the light was on this side as, as it was going in. But when it went around, it would pop out the other side. It's an exact 10 degree sign. So this, these signs, and what's the odds of that partial eclipse happening on that very day? So God is so far out ahead of us that we think we're in the lead. Okay. We're so far behind. We think we're in front. And, um, God is, uh, these, these are part of the, uh, this series. I think it'd just be a great for some of your viewers out there. I just want to make sure I, I almost forgot it. I, I, I love it. And as a matter of fact, we're going to order. Uh, the the DVDs, DVDs. yeah. Now, um, what's the price on them? I'm sorry, did, did, you, did you say because I might have missed that? It's twenty five dollars for that DVD. It's okay. a one hour DVD. Yes, All right. it's called the Total Eclipse of the Sun. Okay. Total Eclipse of the Sun. Yep. All right. Well, yeah, we have to. We we definitely have to order that because um, th- that sounds fascinating. And, and, and my goodness, uh, obviously timely and such. Well, Pastor, thank you so much for your gift of time tonight. Thanks for having uh, us in Gurney. Thanks for having us in uh, Indiana when we were up there on yeah, a TV show. That was a great show. That was one of our most watched television shows ever. Is the the two part special of the Hagman, and and it's on my YouTube channel, guys. If you anybody out there wants to watch it, it's a television show where I'm interviewing Doug and Joe Hagman. It is phenomenal. Two part. In fact, it's, it's yeah, it was a two-parter, and it's the only one where they had to bring the William Kennedy Smith trial blue dot <laughs> and put it over our faces. Um, I'm, I'm kidding, but uh, 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 no. no, you know, it, it's uh, you do such great work, Master, and um, we really appreciate everything you do, and, and uh, we just thank you for being our guest on the program. So thank and, you, and, and your thank wife. You guys. But by the way, your wife's book. Oh yeah, uh, Heidi. Oh yeah. How, did she have her uh, surgery? She had her first surgery. She's had a complete hip replacement, and she healed beautifully. Just unbelievable. She's so far ahead of schedule, it's unbelievable. And so now she's having a second one, the other hip. Right. Complete, and that's going to be in late October. So pray for her to get through that one. Absolutely. When we were in in Gurney, I remember uh, her saying that she was going to visit uh, her her grandson, her granddaughter, uh, out in California yeah. because she was going to be down for a while for the hip surgery and that she had to have two done. So I'm glad to hear that the first one went very smoothly and that she's ahead of schedule. That's awesome. Yeah, she's doing great. She looks great and, um, you know, she just looks 20, 20 years younger than she is and I look 15 years older <laughs> than I am. <laughs> Pastor, last question. Any conferences yeah. uh, scheduled upcoming uh, that yeah, you're putting I- on? Um, yes, I'm actually putting one on in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, coming up October the 21st, down in the bayou. And, boy, you talk about a conference. Russ Dizdar, L.A. Marzulli, BP Earthwatch, and myself 
and country gospel artist Kevin Wilson. I mean, this is wow. a ooh wow. I mean, it, it's almost it almost rivals Gurney. It's so close. Baton the only thing Rouge. missing is the Hagmans. It's the only thing missing. But we'll oh, catch the man. DVD on that one. Okay. That's fantastic. Yeah, that, it's going to be good. I mean, BP Earthwatch. This is the first time he's ever spoken publicly. So wow. uh, okay, get huh. signed up for that one, guys. October twenty first. Called Lightning Strikes the Bayou. Pastor Paul Begley is our guest. PaulBegleyProphecy.com is the website. The Coming Apocalypse is the radio show, folks. You can hear that uh, daily. Just go to P- Pastor's website. You can find it there. It's also uh, streamed live on on uh, YouTube and Blog Talk Radio. I believe YouTube. But either way, Paul Begley 34 is the YouTube channel. He does tons of videos there. Pastor, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure having you on. Look forward to being able to do this again. And uh, we will talk with you next time. All right. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. God bless. We'll be right back after this network break. Don't go anywhere. Just what kind of thriller predicts the future? In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God Particle before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. In As the Darkness Falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high net worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. At HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. 
and gentlemen, jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. This edition of the Hagman Report. It is Monday, August 14th, 2017. And I want to thank every, each and every one of you for joining us. Thanks for your belief and trust in us. We've got a, just a tremendous show, jam-packed show for you today. Jack Posobiec coming up. Bottom of the hour, Pastor Paul Begley. And then, uh, to close out the show, the third hour, former CIA officer Kevin Shipp. So it's a full, a full show as we, un, as the program unfolds. Of course, the violence over the weekend in Charlottesville, Virginia. We discussed that. I discussed that on, uh, uh, my show this morning, uh, nine to, uh, ten o'clock a.m. Eastern time. That's the Doug Hagman show. And then, uh, Joe and John dissected it even better. I came at it from a different angle than, uh, Joe and John did. And at the bottom of this hour, um, I will, we'll get into something that I think everyone needs to hear, um, right before Paul Bigley comes on. But having said that, it's, uh, it's amazing, Joe, you, what you've come up with in terms of the media. It's all about Donald Trump. It's not about the acts or, uh, the attack. It's not about the deaths. That's right. It's, about, it's all about Donald Trump, isn't it? And we were talking about this before the show. The media, for whatever reason, is, uh, you know, blasting Trump and seems to be hating him more than the actual, uh, perpetrator who committed this act of violence. And one thing we talked about on our daily show today is, uh, one thing we don't know about this incident is the motivation of the driver. It appears to be, uh, if this was intentional, if you got in the car intending to pop people over, yes, that is an act of terrorism in my opinion. Uh, if there was other mitigating factors, we've seen other videos, showing the car driving slowly down that road and for some reason speeding up. There was a couple objects, including a bat that hit his car. Was Either way, he he obviously was, was uh, well, it, something it, out it, of his mind and, it, yeah. and, and inexcusable. R- but the regardless. Is, what was the, did he get in that car with the intention of mowing down a crowd of people? That's, or that's right. That's, that's what we want to know. Right. And, and we can't get inside his head, of course. We can. You know, I'd like to be there with the, you know, for the interrogation. But But you're right. Um, however, that doesn't, the video that was, that was shown is certainly damning if we were the prosecution against this man, certainly damning for the defendant, uh, certainly damning for the accused. And I've seen three different angles. Right. And none of them look good, except the one that, uh, was from the rear down the street where it shows that he wasn't just speeding down the street. At, at one point in time, he was uh, very slowly creeping That's behind right. a number of other cars. But the motivation, we're never going to get the motivation. And what the media has done, they have turned this into a, a circus show. Well, yeah. Uh, Trump came out and condemned the attacks on Saturday. Right. And they got so go. angry. The media is so angry because he didn't mention KKK until today. And they're blaming him. Uh, you know, we listened to a, a, an audio right before the show started. Director Rob Reiner said he, Trump is actually an accessory to murder. Yeah. 
I mean, it's, it's just crazy. Can you imagine the media holding Obama accountable for not calling out uh, terrorism as radical Islamic terror? Could well, you imagine? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, and we've seen it happen, of course, in our lifetime. Um, we're waiting on Jack Posobiec uh, to come on, of course. And, uh, he's Citizens be, for Trump is the book. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And if you haven't gotten your copy yet, boy, I'll tell you. It's a, it's a, it's a barn burner. It's like being there inside the campaign. Uh, but as, as, but with respect to this particular, uh, incident, incident, it's not about, it's not just about this incident. You know, when you look at this from a wide angle, with a wide angle lens, um, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say right now, I do suspect that this was an intentional act of, by the driver of that car. Um, I, how he was able to identify the um, anti pro anti-protesters or the anti-protesters protesters. You, you know, what I'm talking about how he how he was able to identify sides. I, I'm right. not certain, given given how they were all attired. Uh, one thing I did notice: Faith Goldie, who we've had on our mm-hmm. program, she she was front and center there, five feet. From the vehicle, she could have been killed. Yeah, but, she was very close. She but, actually took one of the. I believe her her cameraman was right there yeah. taking one of the main videos that everybody used in the. I think she media. was taking. I think she was holding a one of the selfie sticks. Uh, okay, uh, I think I tried no. to contact her this uh, yesterday. Yeah, to see if we could get her for for ten fifteen minutes. She didn't get back to me, so obviously she's very busy and probably uh, got a lot of. But 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 here's but, but I just would wish or I would just hope everyone doesn't look at just this incident. I I, I would like everyone to look at the landscape what's being created the narrative that's being created because we, we all sides are being gamed and that's that was what i said this morning all sides are being gamed mm-hmm. and uh all, all sides are being played and uh th- 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 that's what we're seeing and we have to look at the bigger picture here of what the intent of the gamers are with us right now jack Posobic, citizens for trump the book if, if you haven't gotten you, you gotta buy it it's a great book it's it's tremendous it's it's a great read first-hand account one of, of my favorite reads first-hand account yep. of the process of uh the donald trump uh, nomination to campaign to uh president and it's uh it's like uh, being there jack's first-hand account yeah absolutely it's a fantastic book mr Posobic, great to have you back on the show guys it is so great to be on i really appreciate it but boy you know there's there's that old uh there's that old uh, they say it's an Irish curse and it says may you be uh may you live in interesting times and it it seems we find ourselves in interesting times today don't we that we do well I don't we don't want to take a second away from you uh Jack uh, we know you're busy we we have the march uh march on Google and of course the events over this past weekend where do you want to start do you want to or, or just well you, here's you here's what's happening with the mainstream media is um. Is and I'm sorry I didn't get a check. Are you guys having me on? Can you have me on video or just audio? No, you're on. You're on video actually. Looks and sounds. Okay, good. great, excellent. So what's happening now is the mainstream media is trying to conflate my march on Google with the events that happened in Charlottesville. They're trying to say that I was one of the events, the Charlottesville organizers. Guess what? I wasn't there. I was in Atlanta at the Trump event with Roger Stone and Pastor Mark Burns. I had nothing to do with it. But the mainstream media, the liars and the smear con artists in the mainstream media are saying, oh, this is where the next thing's going to be. This is where the white nationalists are taking their fight next. And so if you want to find the white nationalists, go find them at Jack Posobiec's event. And I'm, say- I'm saying I disavowed them on Saturday. 
I disavowed their violence. By name, I said it. I turned around and said, we're also committing to a peaceful rally. And I said, we're going to have a code of conduct. I don't even want to see hateful messages, signs, T-shirts, anything like that. I'm planning a march for Google, march on Google regarding their firing of James DeMore, this guy who penned the Google manifesto, basically just trying to improve workplace conditions at Google. And they sacked him for it, which guess what is actually illegal under the National Labor Relations Act. But don't let Google, don't let, Google's not going to let a little thing like the national laws or federal laws get in their way. They're just going to go do that. But the mainstream media could care less. They're trying to gin up violence against me. That's right. Yes, they are. And, you know, last time you came on, Jack, I didn't get a chance to mention this to you, but it had just come out, and I'm looking for your part in here right now. The ADL did an article from far right to alt-light naming the hate. And you're listed in here under the category alt-light, but as a, I believe it says you are a white supremacist. Here it is. Jack Posobiec, a conspiracy theorist and author, organized June's rally against political violence. And it goes on from here. And it goes on to say, you know, you promoted a range of lies, and it goes through the list. But it lumps you in with a number of people, some of whom are actually, you know, self-proclaimed Nazis or white supremacists. And it does this with a number of people, Tara McCarthy and others. Um, this is what they're doing. They can't win with the arguments. They can't win, uh, you know, with the common sense. So they have to just name all their enemies as racist, as haters, and as, uh, you know, now, you know, the alt, alt-right, I guess, is, is equating to white supremacists. Do, are you concerned that you're going to see uh, counter-protesters now at your event due to their absolutely and and, you know to um you know to to mention your first point when the adl list came out i was actually on vacation with my family in poland believe it or not the day it came out we were visiting auschwitz of all places i was visiting auschwitz with my family as the adl which is run by a barack obama staffer now uh he took it over very recently we're visiting auschwitz saying a prayer for what happened there and the ADL is naming me this this hate group leader. And I go in and I say, what did they write about me? He said, well, he held a rally against political violence. And I said, that doesn't sound like a particularly hateful thing to do to me, does it? I, I Six weeks ago, I held a rally against political violence, denouncing all political violence, especially these numbskulls, these idiots, these toxics on the white nationalist front, got rid of, uh, denounced all of them. But the ADL, which is clearly just out for political points is trying to push back and say something like this. I've been involved in politics since 2004 as a conservative Republican and to be included on a list like that when I've got lots of Jewish friends and colleagues, it's completely ridiculous and it shows the partisanship of what used to be a great organization, the ADL, after it was taken over by Barack Obama staffers. Now we're seeing, as well, lots of counter-protesters have been organized uh, they're now calling for violence at my march on Google, which was, which is supposed to be held this Saturday. Um, I, I would say, I guess there's, there's an asterisk on it right now because honestly, the, you know, s- to put yourself in my shoes for a second, do you go on with the rally or not? We're going to kind of see how it goes. I'm not going to make a decision today, but we're, we're uh, doubling down on our disavowal of violence. I'm now seeing there's a, there was a Facebook event that was just created, uh, calling for attacks on the march on Google. And it's led by people that are from Grassroots Campaigns, Inc. You guys remember that Grassroots Campaigns, Inc.? They were the ones that had a huge trouble, federal lawsuit during 2012 when they were working for Barack Obama. And 
in the past, it was they were working for Barack Obama under John Podesta. So John Podesta's old group is now calling for, for attacks on me. You see how the political games are intertwined, how they take one fringe group, hold them up, and turn it around and use it to attack people that are actually trying to do the right thing in American politics, but they do this up. And now we're finding um, new reports out at Zero Hedge that this guy, Jason Kessler, who organized this Charlottesville whole thing, he's a former, guess what? He's a former organizer for the Occupy movement. That's right. Not only that, a prominent uh, Obama supporter and yeah. uh, a proponent of sanctuary cities. All of his politics on record up until the, the date that Trump was elected show him to be left-leaning and uh, to be to be uh, a Democrat or at least yes. promote their ideology until Trump was elected, until the day he was elected. So very questionable. Very questionable. And actually, and I can tell you guys as well, is is what their tactic was, they were trying to get people, con people, into coming out to their rallies and their organizations in order to smear them and further smear the Trump movement. I was asked to speak by these guys. This guy Kessler has been reaching out to me for months. I've got text messages and emails um, that he would go and get my email from someone and say, hey, come on out. It's, it's a Trump rally. It's a Trump thing. I want you to come speak. And that's how they would say it. But then you get there and you show up and it's all, you know, Nazi flags and Confederate flags. And it's like, what the heck is going on here, right? Well, guess what? I've been in politics for a minute. I remember them doing this stuff to us back into back during the Tea Party days. And look, I, I could see it coming. So I said, no, I'm not going to go to your stupid event. Go con somebody else. Man, uh, okay. And you see, folks, the game, uh, the, the gamesmanship that's being played here by the opposition groups, um, in the infiltration. So, Jack, all right, right now it's tentative. This weekend, march on Google. And of course, march on, uh, hashtag march on Google as well as march on Google.com. Uh, still on right now. Tentative. Correct? Yeah, I haven't made a decision uh, at this point, so, you know, still on right now. Um, but definitely, I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, in the Navy, you know, you would always say full steam ahead. I wouldn't quite say full steam <laughs> ahead right now right. Um, because you, you got to understand with politics and with movement politics that we're in now, right, right, this isn't just about Trump. It's not just about one person. It's about a movement. And things change on a very rapid basis. Last week when I announced these things, there was a lot of energy. People were super interested in it. Now people, because of the events of Charlottesville by these infiltrators, now we're seeing things getting turned around. Around, And people are saying, now the narrative is becoming, what kind of violence can we expect at the March on Google? And obviously, that's not the narrative that I'm looking for. Right, and, and you're certainly not going to walk into that, that trap, and, and I fully understand that. All right. No, that's something in the military, you know, they talk about, you know, I've served with Navy SEALs, I've served with uh, EOD techs. You know, the first thing they say is the best way to get out of a bad situation is to not be there in the first place. Amen to that. All right. Well, nonetheless, what happened at Google uh, with, with uh, the employee and, and the uh, – that's just horrible in, in, in terms of – Yes. So, I mean, that, that's, that's going to still be here next month or whatever you decide to, um, to, to, um, to have this particular event. Yeah, I can assure you Google will not be going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> right, right. So, okay, kind of going back to what happened uh, this past weekend, if you don't mind, uh, Jack, I, I just I, I see this as part of a larger game here. I think we're so close to, to really a hot civil war 
based on uh, racial ideological lines. I mean, help me out here. What 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 am what are we missing as a uh, otherwise well informed population? What are we specifically missing with respect to what we're seeing? Let me let me let me show you uh, a big piece of this that a lot of a lot of people started pointing out over the weekend. Um, a lot of people started pointing out some pictures from 2014 of a group called Svoboda that were marching through the Maidan Square in Kiev, Ukraine, the capital. You know what they were doing? They were all dressed in black, and they were holding tiki torches, burning them. The exact same type of image that we saw out of Charlottesville with these groups. Now, what do we, now go back on that and say, look, what do we know about Ukraine? We know that there were massive protests against the, the democratically elected president. We know that those protests were funded by George Soros, and in large part by the U.S. government. Victoria Nunberg has come out and said this, that $5 billion went to opposition groups in Ukraine under Obama and Hillary State, uh, former Hillary State Department, but uh, Kerry State Department at the, at the time, because uh, it started in 2013. John McCain, of course, heavily involved in this. John McCain flew over there and stood on stage with people uh, that were essentially neo-Nazis. Um, but the media completely silent on all of this, right? Completely silent on how they over, then those protests were fomented and fomented and fomented. Then eventually the violence got so bad, calling for the resignation of the president, uh, that Yanukovych, he fled the country, he abdicated power, and then a new pro-EU, pro-globalist uh, guy, Lukashenko, came in. So, I'm oh, sorry, Poroshenko came in. So Lukashenko's the uh, Belarus guy. Right. Get my Shenkos mixed up sometimes. But anyway, they lo- used all of that to launch a coup against the democratically elected president. I'm wondering if that's the same kind of game plan we're seeing here. And if it's not a situation where now clearly we're seeing that the deep state and the left wing are using this to call for the ouster of Steve Bannon and other advisors that are that are pro-Trump pro or sorry pro nationalist uh, pro America first right with the campaign pledges and the agenda that President Trump gave during that time uh, they're immediately calling for firing Steve Bannon a hugely organized um, hashtag campaign all of liberal Hollywood and the mainstream media calling for for Bannon's ouster trying to tie him to these protests and so we're seeing it now as undercutting the president's not only agenda but his actual legitimacy as president, and that's what—that's the same thing we're seeing that um, we've been seeing since the day he was elected. First, remember, first they said, well, he didn't win the popular vote, and then they said they wanted a recount, and then they said the electoral college was going to vote against him, and you know, you remember all these things, and now, and now we're seeing that well, he can't control the country, and so he shouldn't be president. That's the next step. The next step is since all of those things failed, since the Russian narrative has completely failed. Now we're go- they're going to get more and more and increasingly violent to accelerate their plans. So, so what we're watching here is a coup, asymmetrical uh, attack yes. on President Trump, the presidency, and and the president himself. Yeah, and, believe and, me, I'm I'm yeah. trained in fourth generation warfare when I was uh when I was an intelligence officer in the Navy, and I know it when I see it, man. And that's exactly what this is. This is fourth generation asymmetric warfare being used against the president. Okay, to, to, to what extent do you believe Hillary? We, we know Soros. Uh, you you brought up uh, Kiev, Ukraine, the tiki torches, and and we've seen, we've watched uh, your Twitter feed uh, and others 
with the torches. We've seen the similarities. To, to what extent uh, do you think Hillary Clinton, Obama, and others in the progressive circles are involved in this? Uh, we know Soros. I, I, I can uh, just based on, on on. Sure, we know Soros definitely is involved. Um, it's it's interesting to see, though. I would say um, I think this is something where it's more along the lines of the Democratic operatives side that's that's more involved. People like Huma Abedin, people like John Podesta. Because if you notice, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, they were somewhat silent over the weekend, right? They were somewhat a little bit more silent. Now, Terry McAuliffe, who's the Virginia governor down there, he didn't have the opportunity to be silent because this was all taking place in his state. Uh, and he, as the former DNC chairman, was able to use all of this to go directly back to Trump. So you had an opportunity where this is a guy who's a completely team Clinton, Terry McAuliffe. Uh, he was the DNC chair while the Clintons were in power. He is definitely someone that's tied to Team Clinton. And it just goes to show that all of this happened in his watch down there in Charlottesville. A lot of questions that have been raised already about why weren't there things like protective barriers erected at the event? Why did the police stand down? Why wasn't, you know, uh, those separate areas given for protesters and counter-protesters? Like when we held something in Philadelphia, usually they say, okay, here's your corner, here's your corner. They put up fences, they put up barriers, and the two sides can't meet. In Charlottesville, none of that happened. So why wasn't it set up that way? Why were these two groups kind of allowed to go at each other? And, and the cops and, left. Yeah, and what, what's interesting about that, Jack, is that not only did the cops uh, allow the two groups to clash with each other for a long time, never getting involved, when they uh, said that the rally turned into an unlawful assembly, the uh, rally goers had to walk through where the counter-protesters were, and there was no barrier there, there was no... And they, these people were already going at it, fighting each other. It was uh, like a gauntlet. Know, yeah, and, and they made them, uh, instead of, you know, providing that, that barricade or, or personal space, uh, you know, allowing these these people attending the rally to leave, they made them walk through the mobs of people that they were fighting with, intensifying. Exactly, and, you know, police... Police, when they want to do it, they know how to do crowd control. Oh, I was yeah. at the DNC and the RNC. I saw the use of horses. I saw the use of tear gas. I saw the use of everything else. You know, when they were talking about using pepper spray in something like this at this event, you know, that that's a pretty low, extremely low level, low impact kind of um, uh, kind of implement. I mean, if you really want pepper spray, is like someone's mugging you and you want to spray them or someone's resisting arrest and you spray them to get the handcuffs on. That's not, pepper spray is not what you use for crowd control. No police are really trained to do that when it comes to controlling massive crowds, huge amounts of people. That's not standard uh, operating procedure for crowd control. So why were they using pepper spray? Why weren't they using something more advanced, something that would be more applicable to a crowd situation? Exactly. And and there's a number of non-lethal options out there. We've seen them. Uh, you know, and, but this, what's really troubling about this is the pattern where, uh, whether it's from, uh, Berkeley to even a little bit at the inauguration, we continue to see these stand down orders given to police. We continue to see, uh, what the, the, the Antifa groups and the left and the violence that they create continues to go unchecked by the police. Well, the mayor there was associated with the, the Center for American Progress. Oh, yeah, he's worked with John, John Podesta. And, and Podesta, yeah, yeah. So that's right. And and to be honest, um, this is something where I've personally been calling for the labeling of Antifa as a domestic terrorist organization. I've been saying that since January when they attacked the Deplorable, which I was one of the co-organizers of. So I would love for the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, hey, I know he's got a lot on his plate. 
and I don't, uh, uh, I don't envy his position right now, but I think it is imperative that these organizations that have, st- that have stood for organized national violence against free speech, First Amendment advocates, or just simple rallies where people want to have uh, their political voice heard, that these organizations be labeled as domestic terrorist organizations. This absolutely has to be done. It should have been done in January. We have an opportunity to do it now. And I hope that with the FBI's investigation of the events of Charlottesville, that it won't just be a one-sided thing, that you look into both sides that were involved in what happened there and then potentially label both of them domestic terrorist organizations if applicable, because that is the only thing investigation and clamping down on this type of behavior that's actually going to stop it. If people see the federal government come in and do something about it, then they're not going to want to do to continue down that path. No, I agree with you. And Jack, you're somebody who's very well traveled, uh, especially when we're talking about the, the Trump campaign and, and his presidency so far. You've been around a lot of these groups and we continue to see the media promote this, uh, you know, conservatives or neo-Nazis and and the alt-right is, uh, you know, a bunch of white supremacists. How prevalent would you say, you know, this neo-Nazi, Nazi, white supremacist movement is in the inside the conservative you, movement? you got about a minute, Jack. Oh, gosh, uh, less than a percent of a percent. I mean, usually these are the people that show up at the end of a rally and then are asked to leave by security when they see that, you know, them coming up with their pamphlets of white supremacy and national. Nobody wants to be part of it. Right. Nobody wants a part of this. This is a total media creation. They are not real. They are a fringe, tiny fringe movement on the speck of what's going on in American politics. Kind of like uh, what Antifa would be described to uh, versus the, you know, normal American Democrats. Exactly. Okay. All right. Jack, uh, people can follow you on Twitter. And, uh, of course, need to stay updated to see if what, what right. the, the information on the rally will be. That's right. And, and also, your book is uh, fantastic. Hopefully, it's, it's, everyone needs to read. Um, Citizens for Trump. Right. Jack, thank you so very much, man. Thanks Guys, so. I always appreciate it. Thank you so uh, much for having me on. We, we appreciate having, uh, you, you coming on on such, uh, on such a day as this. And when Jack you do Pusoba. decide, and, and when, when the Google event is locked down, we will be sure to promote it here on our show and on our social media. Yeah. So, uh, we'll be monitoring your Twitter account for that, and, uh, we wish you the best. Alright, thanks so much, guys. Right, thanks bro. for the time. Take care. Folks, we will be right back with Pastor Paul Begley from the show The Coming Apocalypse. One of the first guests ever on the Hagman Report show over six years ago, a great friend of ours. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. 
Kirkus Review states, readers of end times fiction will be hard pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast paced. Blue Week Reviews boldly states, fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. Uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Minuteman Rocket Stove is a biomass burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Minuteman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. So glad you're joining us. Thank you so much for your belief and your trust in us. Please, hey, join us for our different shows. We've expanded. We've added two additional hours of broadcast. My show, 9 to 10 a.m. every weekday, sometimes on the weekend. Uh, and, of course, uh, John Robertson and Joe Hagman, my son, 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And right you, here, both on the Global Star Radio Network and BTR. If you want a sample of the shows, there's a few episodes, uh, one of one the each, Doug Hagman right? show and, uh, two of ours, uh, one from two weeks ago Saturday and then, or a week ago Saturday and then this Saturday we put it up and you put one up this Saturday also. So not those, from Saturday, but right. that's the day we put so it there, up. So there's a few episodes on YouTube for folks who don't want to go, uh, search for it or tune into Global Star to listen to it. Just or to BTR, check it out. actually. And I would, you know, you know what, and since we brought, since you brought that up, uh, if you, if you do listen to our show, uh, on whatever platform, follow our individual shows on BTR. There's a little follow button there. Go ahead and click that follow. That way you'll be reminded, and especially if we do a special broadcast, um, You'll, you'll get a notification before anyone else. So, uh, Global Star Radio Network, BTR. And, and I would urge everyone to, to listen. They're only an hour each and it's news heavy. 
it's complimentary to, of course, the Hagman Report, uh, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. All heard, again, on the Global Star Radio Network and Blog Talk Radio. That's BTR. Fine folks there, and we love Global Star Radio Network as well. Uh, before moving on, I want to let everyone know, if you're a business owner, oh, pay attention, because portions of tonight's broadcast brought to you by ZipRecruiter.com. Are you hiring? If you're hiring, do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? We've got the answer for you right now today, and, and you've got you got to listen later on, but uh, uh, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. All you have to do is go to ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. If you are looking for that perfect candidate, and people are hiring like crazy today. So if you're a business owner and you don't know where to post your job, post it at ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. That's one one more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. More on that later. Now, uh, during my show, and again, I, I, I approach it differently than, than you and John did. I listened to your, your uh, show. I got to tell you, you really kind of segmented the events of Charlottesville, what happened there very well. I took a different approach to this. Uh, but it's interesting because what you said about the media, Joe, is what, um, what you said about the media, the media's reaction and them hating Trump more than the perpetrator. I think it's important. Yeah, so, you did a great job this morning, uh, laying this out and showing, uh, the examples. But folks, if you haven't listened to the, one of the first things I did when I came into the studios, I sat down and listened to the beginning of his show, and he, he did frame it up real nice, and it makes a lot of sense. Well, here's here's one of the things. Remember last summer, the assassination of the five Dallas police officers by a black man. And remember, the motive was clear. It was a black guy protesting or uh, actually acting out against police violence on black people. That's That was the motive. That was the stated motive. That was the intent. It was very clear. And, of course, this took place. That, that, that incident took place when Barack Hussein Obama was in Poland, well, in Europe, and ultimately in Poland. And two days after the event, and we're going to put, play a clip right now that I played on, on the morning show, but... I'd like you to take a listen to this and compare this to what the media, and Joe said it really well after upon hearing it. The media is blaming Donald Trump for not denouncing the really the motivations by, by not saying white supremacist or white nationalist or KK, which he ultimately did, but by not denouncing it. Listen to how Barack Hussein Obama, clip one, listen, listen to... Uh, listen to how, uh, how Barack Hussein Obama responded to the question of a reporter. Now, this is about a six-minute clip. If you if you want to play the whole clip, or if you if you can jump in, well, go ahead and play the whole thing it, at your convenience. Maybe clip one. Thanks, Mr. President. Um, I wanted to specifically ask about the Dallas shooting and the attacker there. Now that we know more about the man who uh, we believe did those crimes. I'm wondering if you could uh, help us um, understand how you describe his motives. Uh, do you consider this an act of domestic terrorism? Was this a hate crime? Was this a, a mentally ill man with a, a gun? Um, how should Americans understand why that happened? And then also on the issue of political division and looking for solutions, 
There have been some critics who noted that you immediately mentioned your call for gun control soon after the attacks. Do you think that in any way encourages or ensures that people retreat to their corners as they think about this? First of all, I think it's very hard to untangle the motives of this shooter. As we've seen in a whole range of incidents with mass shooters, they are by definition troubled. By definition, if you shoot people who pose no threat to you, strangers, you have a troubled mind. What triggers that, what feeds it, what sets it off, I'll leave that to psychologists and people who study these kinds of incidents. What I can say is that although he may have used as an excuse his anger about previous incidents, as has been indicated at least in the press, and as Chief Brown I think indicated, in no way does that represent what the overwhelming majority of Americans think. So I think the danger, as I said, is that we somehow suggest that the act of a troubled individual speaks to some larger political statement across the country. It doesn't. And we shouldn't make those assumptions around a troubled Muslim individual who is acting on their own in that same way. Aren't you glad that guy isn't president anymore? Folks, did you hear Obama's response? What was it, five Dallas police officers were shot, two or three were killed in that ambush that took place, and he can barely even, he says, oh, it's not terrorism, it's a troubled kid, you know, it's a troubled mind. And today, motive, what, I don't know. And, you know, I'll leave that to the psychologists. And, you know, where was the CNN reporters, the MSNBC reporters, demanding that, you know, Obama call this man a domestic terrorist? There's a few articles right now that clarify exactly what's going on. Never satisfied. CNN lambasts Trump for new Charlottesville remarks. Seconds after Trump's Monday remarks, finally calling out the KKK, neo-Nazis, and white supremacists by name, CNN hosts and MSNBC hosts and others continue to say that, you know, he had not gone far enough and not done enough in his remarks. He did not outreach to the people. He did not, you know, make the victims feel that he was on their side with his I mean, they go on and on and on to say that he didn't do enough, even though on Saturday he came out and condemned racism, condemned hate and bigotry, and said that they were the acts of a coward and that the violence came from many sides. But here, they, you know, they continue to say because he didn't list or say the name KKK when he was denouncing the violence, that somehow not only was he negligent and, you know, is on the side of the people from the KKK, but even as Rob Reiner says, go as far to call him an accessory after the fact. Well, it's absolutely insane. It's ridiculous. And before we get to, before we get Paul, uh, Pastor Paul Begley on, 
uh, about a 50 second clip. This, uh, the debate on October 19th, 2016. Chris Wallace from Fox News was the moderator of this debate asking a pretty incendiary question, but it, it, uh, this goes back again to October of 2016. Chris Wallace asking the question about Donald Trump's, uh, um, hey, do you denounce the KKK? Do you denounce David Duke? Go ahead and play that clip, Eric. Mr. Trump, Romney also talked about your position on race and the controversy over your failure to denounce David Duke on Sunday. You have repeatedly disavowed him since then, but I'd like to go deeper than that. What are your views on the Ku Klux Klan and white supremacists? I totally disavow the Ku Klux Klan. I totally disavow David Duke. I've been doing it now for two weeks. This is, you're probably about the 18th person that's asked me the question. It was very clear. That question was also talked about in the form of groups. Groups. I want to know which groups are you talking about? You have to tell me which groups. Ultimately, he got to the Ku Klux Klan, which obviously I'm going to disavow. And by the way, if you look on my Twitter account, almost immediately after the program, they were disavowed again. You know, it's amazing. When I do something on Twitter, everybody picks it up, goes all over the place. But when I did this one, nobody ever picks it up. Take a look at my Twitter account. Thank you, sir. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Senator Rubin. And there is Donald Trump's uh, from back in March where he, oh, I'm sorry, October of 2016, where he uh, disavowed and condemned David Duke and the KKK and white supremacy. But obviously that's not enough for the news media and uh, as MSNBC said, Trump did not do enough. He met the lowest bar possible, according to them. Even though the same day the uh, the incident happened, the attack happened, he came out and condemned the hate, condemned the bigotry, condemned the violence. But because he didn't mention the white supremacist, uh, you know, by label, didn't mention the KKK by name, it was not satisfactory for the news media. I heard it was uh, either on Sean Hannity or on CNN today. Uh, someone make the argument that Trump could have flew Marine One helicopter down to Charlottesville, could have went into the jail cell where the man who carried out the attack was being held and executed him, shot him in the head, and he would be criticized for not using the right caliber, caliber bullet. I mean, what do they want from Donald Trump? He is never, he is not the, the bishop of America. He's not supposed to, uh, you know, every time an incident happens, inside the country, whether it has national attention or not, he does not need to comment. And the fact that he did comment on it on Saturday against the hatred, against the bigotry, uh, I believe that encompasses white supremacy. I believe hatred and bigotry encompasses Nazi, uh, Nazis and the Nazi ideology. But because he didn't label them by name in his statements, you know, they're going to try to uh, make, make it in some way like it's his fault and he's not doing enough and he supports them. Because he hasn't singled them out by name, it's absolutely insane. Oh, Obama Very frustrating. singled out the uh, you know uh, everybody, but uh, right? Yeah, right. Oh no, no, no I'm workplace. Sorry. I mean, the Fort Hood shooter right. massacred how many uh, Marines? <sighs> or it was it the Army? I-, I can't remember. But that was workplace violence. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Nadal Hassan. But my que- uh, before we bring Pastor, and this is my question to you. Obviously, the the guy who drove the car. Uh, inexcusable his actions, especially if it was intentional. But it, say he got scared, it was a, fri- a flight or fight scenario for whatever happened. So he runs, he runs into the crowd. All of a sudden, there's people jumping on the back of the car, you know, smashing the car with pipes and whatnot. 
And from what I understood, when he reversed from that is when the lady got killed. Now, she was on the back of the car hitting the car with pipes. I'm not saying that she shares any responsibility in this, but is there is there any kind of uh, legal argument that could be made that uh, for making the bad situation worse? If, let's say, he comes out and says, I never intended to, to run these people down. I was scared that uh, I was in fear for my life. Obviously, even then, his actions, he should have just reversed in the first place, but did they add if, if fuel to the fire for jumping on his car and smashing? No, him with, okay. I, I don't I, look. I, I don't personally. I don't think so. Just because of the of the of the situation, you've got. I, I don't believe that to be the case. Right, and okay. I wasn't trying to to, to make the no. Victim, I, I see what you're, I see where as, you're going as a guilty or or saying they're responsible for it. I just wondered if there's a legal argument. Well, let's bring let's bring Pastor uh, Paul Begley on. See what he's got to say about all of this. But a, a very interesting legal legal argument there. Um, and, and that's the key word here when you're looking at this, um, because sometimes the law does not make sense. Trust me when I say that after 30 years of investigations and court hearings and trials. Pastor Paul Begley, the coming, host of the coming apocalypse, paulbegleyprophecy.com is our guest, great friend of the show, one of the first guests, if not the first guest on the, uh, the Hagman Report long, long ago when we first got our start. Pastor, welcome back to the show. It is great, Joe, Doug. It is great to be with you guys again. I mean, great show, great show. I mean, tremendous dialogue going on right now. Well, come on in. The water's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Help us make sense of all this, Pastor. What, what, what did we see over the weekend uh, in I the mean, larger sense? George Soros and Rupert Murdoch all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, the, the the mainstream, lamestream fake news media, they're always going to hype up any kind of situation that they can, that they can build chaos and then twist the story no matter what it is. I mean, remember when President Trump was inaugurated, he just he just got his hand off of the Abraham Lincoln Bible. The sun had not set on his first day and there were people rioting in the streets, doing all kinds of things. But the media was down there with the cameras and the trucks ready. They were helping establish it. Where's Terry McCullough, the the uh, Virginia governor, because and the mayor of Charlottesville? Because the permits that were issued and the and the uh, setting that was put in place, and the media was brought in way in advance. They knew this confrontation was going to happen. And then George Soros, of course, pays the counter-protesters to come down there. And this is what you end up getting. And all of the, all this chaos was set up just to make President Donald Trump look like it's his fault. This is a manufactured media event. Now, I'm not, I'm not giving any, uh, I'm not giving a pass at all to the KKK, uh, white supremacist, you know, uh, neo-Nazi guys. These guys are, they're so far off track and they're filled with so much hate. It's unbelievable. But this is partly the plan, the chaos of the left to try to tear down the Trump presidency. No, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, Pastor, what do you say to the media response to all this? Now, if you remember when Steve Scalise was shot, I believe you were on our show, uh, just that day or, or right around that time. Uh, when Steve Scalise was shot, I remember Specifically, the political pundits and the media saying, let's not politicize this. Uh, you know, this is a time for unity to come together. 
basically shying away from the political uh, motivations of that shooter. Now we see the complete opposite here, and we don't even know the true motives. I mean, this was obviously the guy plowed through a crowd with a, a vehicle, but we have not uh, heard from the police or seen a police report where he has confessed or said that he you know, did it for this or that reason. But here we see the media basically trying to not only lump Donald Trump in as a white supremacist, but basically anybody who supports Trump as a white supremacist. What do you have to say to the media hypocrisy that continues to get worse and worse uh, as time goes on? I mean, are you serious, guys? I'm so tired. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I just, I'm so tired of that. Lawrence O'Donnell, uh, you know, the, he's always got the last word. I wish he had no word because the guy is an absolute joke on television. And Rachel Maddow, I, I just don't even, I can't even listen to her voice. They, here's what's happened. This is unbelievable hypocrisy with a capital H. Uh, they, they, when the, we got a senator, I mean, a, a congressman gunned down in cold blood. And in the back pocket of the shooter, he's got six more names, all of them, which are conservative Christian. And matter of fact, Solis that day was going to uh, implement a bill. He's going to put it on the floor to deal with child trafficking. I mean, this was this. These guys don't do their job no more. They they're not journalists. MSNBC morning joke in the morning. It's it's, it's becoming absolutely insane. They are not journalists. They don't even know the first. They are propagandists. They're paid actors. They can't even talk unless they got a teleprompter. It doesn't, the, what they say, they don't even believe in their own soul. And so their bias is seething. It's un, and CNN, forget it. Forget it. I mean, Wolf Blitzer and the Situation Room. I mean, I'm tired of this. It's, I don't even know how, how the American public stomach them. And that's why their numbers are falling. I mean, they're falling. I mean, that's what's, that's what's wrong. And that's why your numbers and our numbers and, uh, the, you know, us over here in alternative media is why our numbers are rising. Even despite all of the Rupert Murdoch, uh, net neutrality, uh, algorithms and everything else that we're being thrown at us, they still can't stop us. They don't tell the truth. You know, I'll tell the truth. The guys, the idiots, I shouldn't say that with the guys that were, uh, from the white supremacists, all these guys, look, they have a right to do a friendly, uh, freedom of speech. Okay, everybody does. But you don't show up with billy clubs. You don't come in there looking to bust heads. I mean, and and you can't preach hate everywhere you go. And the same thing with Black Lives Matter and and Black Power and Black Panthers. It's the same thing. KKK. It doesn't matter. They're all filled with hate, and the media is biased on how they portray this. Boy, the media really facilitates and foments, helps foment the hate. Uh, folks, we're talking with Pastor Paul Begley. PaulBegleyProphecy.com. Pastor, for those people who don't know you, which I believe is probably few, but uh, um, we, we got new numbers in here just this past weekend, and uh, our audience has grown. So if you don't mind, when can, where can people find you, listen to you? Uh, just to tell the new listeners when your show airs, and uh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, you know, come to my website at PaulBegleyProphecy.com. I, I appreciate very much, Doug, you uh, bring that forward. Uh, my YouTube channel, Paul Begley. And my daily show uh, that's uh, 12 noon to 2. And then, of course, I'm doing this uh, night show Monday through Thursday. But 
Sunday Night Lives at 7. You could just come to publiclyprophecy.com. We're on new live stream, Roku Satellite, Blog Talk Radio. Uh, and, I'll, hey, our television show is doing extremely well. So if you've got direct TV on Sunday nights at 10.30, I think it is, um, Eastern I, I Time. Watched, I watched it two, weekend, two weekends ago, I think it was. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. I, 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 forgive me, I'm not sure the, the exact. But I'll tell you, your television show is absolutely just it's excellent direct tv 326 guaranteed thank you no amen it's really good yep. and and people are really enjoying it so thank you man i'm out there yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it, it, i'll tell you people on mars know who you are you know i ah. c- c- come to think of it um correct me if i'm wrong you were were you not or the last time that you were on or Recently, weren't you featured on on some other program, or am I? No, what, what Pastor was going to do, uh, there was a TV show, a, a series that was going to be made, the last preacher, evangelist, the, the last, last evangelist. A, yes, 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 yes. That is still on. I'm going to be in. Uh, I'm going to be on. Uh, it's a six part. Season one has six parts. I'm going to be in one of the episodes, quite lengthy in that one episode. Uh, there's a lot of Hollywood actors that are involved, and uh, David Hevener is the uh, Hollywood producer that's producing the film. It's called The Last Evangelist. It has to do with a an apocalyptic conclusion. It's the New World Order trying to implement the mark of the beast, and the underground church trying to hide, and uh, I'm in there... Uh, uh, yeah, I even pull a gun on somebody. So, I mean, you know, this is going to be radical. So, so it is a reality. It's reality TV. <laughs> it, is, it really is reality. <laughs> it really is. Hey, if, I'm, folks, in bunk, I'm, in, I'm in a bunker. <laughs> locked and loaded, man. <laughs> Are you ready? So, anyway, oh, and I'm going to be in another one. There's a uh, there's a documentary coming out called uh, I'm trying to remember. I think it's called The Sign, and that's coming out next month. And I'm going to be in that. There's going to be several people in that has to do with this the solar eclipse and the constellation on September 23rd in Revelation. So I'll be in that one else. So that's coming out next month. And Pastor, I want to definitely get into those events. We only have about 2 minutes before the break. So I want to ask you this. Um, you know, this incident in Charlotte Charlottesville that happened on Saturday. Apparently this Unite the Right rally there's a lot of questions as to uh, the person who spearheaded this rally, Jason, Jason Kessler. Kessler, and yep. his his true uh, allegiance and ideology. But basically, they were going to protect a uh, statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee from being removed. And we've seen this uh, in a number of states across the U.S. They continue to want to remove Confederate generals, even digging up graves of Confederate soldiers and whatnot and moving them to other states. What do you think uh, about them? Do you see this as a, as a, a move that will unify the country, or is this, this just more of this liberal insanity uh, and, and trying to rewrite history to fit their narrative? Uh, you've just nailed it. You just nailed it. It doesn't do any good. Look, the, the Civil War was a, a horrible stain on the banner of the United States, but it happened, and it happened for reasons. And... Uh, now that it is long gone, it's still part of history. So, you know, whether Jefferson Davis or Robert E. Lee or some of the other generals involved and, and the people who fought, these were Americans fighting for the South and Americans fighting for the North. 
the passions were high and the bloodshed was horrible. But uh, tearing down the statues, taking down the Confederate flag or doing other things, it, you know, all this is doing, they're trying to wipe away history. Once they wipe that away, they will start to wipe away our Christian heritage as well. And they'll, they'll wipe away World War One, World War Two. okay? This is all part of the beast's plan to eliminate history, to bring about globalism. Anything that has to do with nationalism or America, they are fighting against it. Trying, that's why they're changing our curriculum in our schools. That's why they're rewriting it. It's wrong. You're exactly right, Pastor. Folks, Pastor Paul Begley is our guest. PaulBegleyProphecy.com is the website. He's going to be with us through the next hour. We got him for a whole nother hour as this segment went by so fast. Check out his radio show, The Coming Apocalypse. See, not only that, you can watch him uh, as he does the radio show. He also has a fantastic YouTube channel, Paul Begley. Is it Paul Begley 34 on YouTube? Yeah. Uh, All right. That's it. Paul Begley 34 where uh, he does a number of videos daily breaking down um, individual important news of the day. Folks, we'll be right back with Pastor Paul after these short messages. Don't go anywhere. Greenovative. Go to agwinreport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. What Greenovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right, You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a bang, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, 6 AA batteries off the grid. When other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night, go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. Folks, in these uncertain times, it just makes sense to have a sustainable backup method for accomplishing one of life's most important tasks, and that's preparing food. This is the way to go. There is nothing better than a Minuteman rocket stove from MinutemanStove.com. We all need a way to cook and a method to process water. I mean, think about it. Think about the many things that could happen to you. Minuteman rocket stove can provide your family or group the perfect solution. It's small, lightweight, wood-burning, and every bit as powerful as a kitchen stove. It's smoke fully self-contained for clean storage and transport. Because it's so efficient, it cuts down on your wood gathering and processing chores to a tenth what would be required if cooking the old-fashioned way over an open fire. So don't rely on gas or fuel stoves. Prepare your family. Prepare for yourself. Order a Minuteman rocket stove today. It's going to make bad times much better. Folks, MinutemanStove.com. MinutemanStove.com. Need I say more? You should have a Minuteman, the survival stove in an MOK. For investors, timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash... 
Trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com. PreciousTimberProfits.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our third and final hour of this Monday edition of the Hagman Report. We have former CIA officer Kevin Ship coming up. He is an author as well, and we're going to get into a number of issues with him. Now, I uh, just want to bring this up. We talked about how the left and how everybody has been freaking out over Confederate flags, and with this latest uh, attack yesterday in uh, Charlottesville, we see this... this uh, United new call to remove Confederate monuments. If you look on Drudge on the left-hand side, Kentucky Mayor, Confederate monuments will be moved. Uh, protesters aimed at Tennessee Capitol bust. Gainesville takes down. They're talking about um, vandalized in Atlanta. They're talking about Confederate monuments. Baltimore statues to be destroyed. Monument toppled at old North Carolina courthouse. And we are taking after the Taliban, I tell you. Well, you know... Uh, People need to understand that the Civil War, the Emancipation Proclamation of freeing the slaves didn't happen until three years into the Civil War. So anybody who thinks that the Civil War was about freeing slaves, <laughs> it's historically inaccurate. <laughs> it was a state's rights issue. People don't even and know what a federal encroachment issue. flag means. And they can, uh, right. <sighs> and obviously, uh, you know, none of us were alive back in the times of slavery. I don't even, We don't even have grandparents we can ask about it. Well, you but, know, I, I look as a young man. I do remember the different, uh, and uh, it was never correct slavery, obviously. Um, but um, there were white slaves, by the way. But I remember, that, oh yeah, there's been every type and, of ethnic and, slave. As a young man, I remember that the segregation uh, very much. But go ahead. Well, I, my question is: Is it right to want to tear down? I mean, what are these statues? Uh, what do they stand for in the first place? Well, uh, is it just an honor to the memory of, uh, you know, of of history and who they were? Um, because these, just because there are Confederate generals, doesn't mean that they were, you know, these people with the KKK uniforms on, uh, killing African Americans. You no, know, in my view, these are whining snowflakes, sniveling, snot-nosed snowflakes that really don't have a life, don't have anything better to do. Uh, than bitch about some statue and excuse my language, but but you know what? Wouldn't it be better it, to put something there next to the statue, like a like an asterisk or you know? No, no, no. A, leave it, leave I it mean, alone, and, and don't change our. See, when you get into revisionist history, to me, this is where the problem exists in revisionist history, because people want to rewrite history, and if it, look at the end of the day, what are we seeing take place? Uh, we're, we're seeing a lie that's overtaking our culture, our history, our heritage. People are not believing 
anymore in American exceptionalism. And you may not either. You may say, well, that's just a bunch of American exceptionalism. What a bunch of bunk. Well, you tell me what other country has done the good that America has done. Admittedly, I get, I get the bad. I understand that. But what, un, what other country on earth has done the amount of good that America has done? Even if we only take the, uh, you know, America being the nation that was the, the first country, the only country to print Bibles and, and pass them out throughout the whole world. Uh, that in itself is a, is a great accomplishment. The innovation, um, you know, it's part of our, the fabric of who we are. Good, bad, you know, pretty or ugly. And I guess that's my question is, um, is this the sentiment of the American people? Does the average everyday American, you know, care that the Civil War statue or the the uh, Civil War general statues are there, Confederate general statues are there. Does it even? Well, why is this an issue now? Why wasn't this an issue? You know, um, because it's not ago, about the statue. Years ago, why it's was never it the about the spoon. Flag an issue, you know, before the Dylan Roof shooting. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? We're, when what's next on this list? It's never well, they're, they're about creeping towards something. They're creeping towards something else. Yes, and the way that they're able to. Uh, align the conservative movement and even the alternative conservative movement and I'm not saying the alt-right or whatever they're trying to tie to white supremacy how far or how long until we see uh, alternative views or even patriotic and constitutional views being outlawed as you know hateful white supremacy bigoted views well, we're it, not it, far away because no, they, they've made those connections to the point where some people believe when they hear the term conservative or Republican or right wing that they associate it immediately with the KKK and racism, even though the Democrats historically have always been the party aligned with the KKK. How many Democrats voted Robert to free the slaves? Robert Burr, Robert Burr. None. How many people remember what political party Martin Luther King was? No, he was a Republican. Folks, go on YouTube and search uh, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X talking about how the, how, how liberals use the African American culture. You lie. Uh, look it up. You lie. But, you know, you couldn't tell a, a, an average person that today. You know, what, if you asked ten, 10 people on the street what political party the KKK was affiliated with, you'd probably get, you know, nine or ten people say Republicans. And historically, that's completely inaccurate. No, no, ten people, uh, no, you know what? They're just zoned out completely. It's, it's amazing. Um, I, I just, I, it, it's hard for me to even fathom how, well, that we're here at this at this point in time. But this is all about the centralization of power of information, and of course, the, in my view, Joe, it's about the creating this legend. I, and I use that word deliberately, but and demoralizing um, constitutionalists and patriots. There regardless, of, they're yeah. using the um, the race thing now. Because they, they, they can play the numbers game and say, well, there's not a lot of African American conservatives out there, but there are quite oh, a few. Quite a few. And, you know, they're playing a dangerous game to the point where, uh, people who pretty soon who are just gonna uh, be promoting the Constitution are gonna be associated with, uh, Nazis. Even though Nazis was a nationalist socialist party, the Newsweek put an article out, uh, just a few hours ago on how um, you know, the socialism in Nazi, in the word Nazi, doesn't mean the same as the socialism in the USA today. Not at all. But anyway. Well, we have with us Kevin Shipp, 
from the company Shadows. Just a fantastic guy. Former uh, CIA officer Kevin Ship, also the author of Operation Gladio, the unholy alliance between the Vatican, the CIA, and the mafia. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. My bad, my bad. In from the cold. Um, boy, I gotta get my eyes checked here. From the Company of Shadows, by far one of the most interesting books I've read, personal accounts of Kevin Ship, And, of course, he hosts the Intelligence Hour, which uh, I was honored to be be a part of. And uh, his Twitter account is Kevin Ship, uh, the, the name Kevin underscore Ship. Kevin, thanks for coming on. Good evening, Doug and Joe. Good to be with you guys again. It's it's good to be uh, it's good that you're on and I apologize I just uh, I, 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 like I said I need to get my glasses fixed or something but anyway uh, no no worries Doug it's ironic I just had Paul Williams on the Intelligence Hour t- today to talk about uh, Operation Gladio so a nice dovetail well it, it, <clears throat> wow that's that's pretty that's pretty amazing um, yeah, well all right we've got so much to talk about Kevin. Where do you want to start? Because you've got the experience, uh, vast experience on triaging bad situations, obviously. Where are we at today here? You, you, you got the domestic violence, you got North Korea, you've got, uh, I mean, just pick any topic and we can start there, but where do you want to start? Well, you know, the, the world's a mess uh, for sure. Of course, the world's been a, a mess before, but this is, uh, in the United States, this is, this is something different. We have, as we, as we saw, saw brimming over from Charlottesville, kind of an undercurrent of almost a brewing civil war in the United States. And, uh, I don't, if you want to call it the progressives, the left, uh, the alt-right, all the terms that are being thrown around out there. But uh, I remember when I used to teach university, I teach criminal justice and, talk about current events, and some of my students, uh, many of the minorities would confide in me during the breaks and say, yeah, there's a brewing civil war in, in the U.S. between essentially the progressive movement, the conservative movement, I guess you could call it, and and as we see from Charlottesville, they're taking that unfortunate event with these so-called fascists, and they're they're trying to broad brush that onto, onto President Trump. They're trying to, and this is what they do. This is the propaganda movement that that they're involved in. They're trying to broad brush this and paint every conservative uh, as as a fascist, and and that's that's their goal. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's what they've been trying to do for the last 20 years. It's the oldest form of propaganda in the book, and that's to label your enemy what you are when you're trying to divide any sort of government population, what have you. And so we're seeing this in, in the United States now. It's I've never seen in the 20 or so years uh, that I was with, with the federal government and beyond, this kind of civil divide in the United States, and, and in, you don't hear this in the in the mainstream national media, but most of the, the hateful rhetoric is coming from the progressive movement, not from the cons- conservatives by any stretch. And so you got this little band of, of uh, fascist, neo-Nazi types that come out, and, and that, that is exactly what the left progressive movement wanted, was for something like that to happen. So they could take that and feed that into their propaganda campaign and try to broad brush the rest of conservatives in with that small uh, fanatical group, and uh, we see that, that that's what they're doing uh, doing now. Even to the point of calling Donald Trump a racist coming out of Charlottesville because he didn't come out and condemn it the way that they wanted. So we're we're seeing a a, a deep divide in the United States that I think is is close to 
with a, with a flashpoint becoming kind of kind of a, a, the undercurrent of civil unrest, uh, civil war, even in the United States between these two factions. Do you think um, is is that the end game objective here, or, or is it something much larger? And how does this tie in with Donald Trump, with what we're seeing, the Russian narrative that's been disproven, or is I, I truly believe in it? And correct me if if you think this is something different. But I believe that the, the whole Russian narrative is nothing more than than a, than a sham. But uh, um, just just by my analysis here, it appears that they're going after the president, the presidency, the constitutional republic. They, they want to tear it all down, and this is one of the ways that they're doing it. You know, I think you're right, Doug. I don't think that's an understatement. The the the, the goal really is is to. Uh, essentially eliminate the sovereignty of the United States. Of course, we know George Soros is behind that. The other globalists are behind that. We know that uh, Soros gave millions to both the Hillary and, and Obama campaigns, and they were part of the globalist movement, too. The target is not necessarily Donald Trump, although he's kind of the forefront. The target is constitutional America and the sovereignty of the United States. And I don't that is not an understatement. Uh, Soros, the globalists, uh, uh, and the global powers uh, want to see the, the sovereignty of the United States destroyed. And, and uh, for example, the progressive movement. If you look at statements made by progressives when they try to define themselves, uh, they're, they're, one of their foundational beliefs is that the Constitution is old and outdated, and it needs to be, quote-unquote, a living document that can be changed and, and rewritten as man progresses. So uh, their, their target is the Constitution, and we see them now going after the Founding Fathers, calling them bigots and hateful, because they've got to attack the Founding Fathers if they want to go after the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. <clears throat> the Constitution, as it stands now, is against progressivism, without a doubt. So that's target number one. The globalists feed right into that, because lo- most globalists are progressives. And so the one thing standing be- between the progressives and the D, the D sovereignty of the United States is the Constitution. So, you, so enter Donald Trump. <clears throat> Donald Trump is out of the box w- without a question, <clears throat> and that's what scares them. In that, before Donald Trump came into office, uh, in several interviews, he made it clear: number one, he questioned what the CIA specifically had done in the past, some some of the operations it was involved in. He questioned the JFK assassination. He questioned CIA operations and some of the coups in the past. And made it made it clear several times that that uh, when he got elected, one of the first things he was going to do was work to reform the intelligence community. Well, then we see this. You want to call it a shadow government, deep state, whatever you want to call it. I I prefer the shadow government that the secret intelligence agencies and the deep state functions underneath that, with the military industrial complex. But that that's a, another issue. Uh, but the shadow government, especially the secret intelligence agencies, have unloaded on Donald Trump. Uh, and, and here's one of the reasons. <clears throat> one of the things that he uh, has just done, which is remarkable, is he canceled the CIA program supporting the Free Syrian Army in Syria. Just shut that program down. That was one of the things that John Brennan, then director of the CIA, and the others were afraid he was going to do, was come in and examine programs like that that are a violation of international law. They've committed human rights violations. The Free Syrian so-called moderate rebels have massacred an entire Christian village in Syria. They've they've been responsible for the death of 475,000 Syrian civilians. They've drone and bombed wedding parties, and on and on and on it goes. So uh, in comes Donald Trump. Donald Trump is so out of the box, they know that he'll do uh, what he said he'll do, and that's why they've launched this attack against him. Well, he just pulled the plug on the Free Syrian army, uh, uh, regarding the CIA, that is huge. That's one of the things they were afraid he was going to do, and and I was shocked, pleasantly shocked, that he actually did it. So 
you've got you got the progressive movement, the global movement working together with the same stated goal of, of eliminating the sovereignty of the United States. In comes this this nationalist Donald Trump, who is directly uh, arrayed against the intelligence agencies, which are are globally connected. Uh, and what we're seeing is a, is a war, a literal war going on in Washington D.C. Bet- between these shadow government powers, deep state powers, whatever you want to call them, and Donald Trump, because they are terrified that Trump will do what he said he would, and he just did. He just eliminated the Free Syrian Army, which I think is fantastic. Uh, so I have never, in 30 years, 20 years of government service, seen anything like this happen in Washington D.C. I remember being in there and thinking, my gosh, this this place is corrupt to the core. This is outside of the Constitution, even when I was on the inside. But I never thought anybody would get in there as the president and actually confront it like this. And I think that's what's happening. It's it's definitely amazing to see. Um, Wow. Okay. So, you know, for some reason that escaped me. uh, He he pulled the plug on the funding of that, right? Uh, Right. Okay. All right. The Free Syrian Army. Okay. All right. Yeah, which is pulling the plug on that, unless they find another uh, black source of, of funding, which they've done before, but that remains to be seen, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, i got to ask you at this point now, uh, definitely want to come back to Donald Trump and, and the what we're seeing take place within his administration, the leaks and such, um, 125 leaks in 126 days, the um, uh, the deep state there, the shadow government, the media and all this uh, attacking him relentlessly. But before we get to that, let's, if you don't mind, what, uh, North Korea is on everyone's minds, it seems like, um, the, over and above even some of the domestic issues we've referenced. What are your sources telling you? What's your analysis of the North Korean situation, if you care to tell us or can tell us? Sure. Well, it, uh, it's serious. Uh, we know that a lot of the technology that North Korea has was given to them by Iran, uh, much of which is very sophisticated in, in terms of uh, uh, nuclear uh, war, nuclear warheads and armaments and technology and things like that, came directly from Iran. So they, they have uh, a quite a bit of technical capability to do what they're threatening to do. I think that's a very serious threat. And you've got a a person in charge of North Korea now that is at the very least a sociopath uh, at the at the head of this switch. Uh, it's a very serious situation. The question is, uh, is Kim, Kim Jong-il going to follow through on what he's threatening? I mean, no one knows. That's the problem. Uh, but uh, that, that, is a, that is a terribly brewing situation. We've got a lot of troops in South Korea, which would be in, in serious danger if something happens there. So I think North Korea has the capability to do this. We know they have small-tipped nuclear warheads that they could put put on a missile thanks to Iran. We we know that they have those. We know they've been launching to get the capability to reach Hawaii, Guam, and other places. Uh, and as far as we know now, based on what, what I'm hearing, uh, they plan on doing it uh, if they're not stopped. Even China is now, for the first time, weighing in on sanctions against, against uh, North Korea. And up until now, that's unheard of. So I think it's a very serious situation. And uh, it's something that could go bad very quickly, depending on how it's handled. Can, can In your experience, the asymmetrical aspect of the warfare of, of um, well, let me rephrase the question, I suppose. In, in your experience, in, in your analysis, what would our response look like in your estimation? Against North Korea. Well, that's that's the that's the scary part. Uh, now we have a different president in in the White House now, but you remember shock and awe in in Iraq, thinking that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction, and that the administration then erroneously 
some of it was fabricated, the, the intelligence, but erroneously made the decision, well, we're just going to have to flatten them all in one blow and just in case they do have nukes or some, some other WMD. <clears throat> My concern is uh, with North Korea, if that same uh, uh, conclusion is met, uh, that they that they attack uh, North Korea with that sort of ferocity, um, I mean, we could be getting into World War III. So if they don't, if they don't use that level of force, then what are they going to do? Are they going to leave the doors open for North Korea to launch on Guam or Hawaii or potentially Japan or something else? So, so this is a chess match going on between a sociopathic leader and our current government now, brand new president essentially, and uh, it's it's very volatile. And that's the scary part: is is it's so volatile? No one knows how far the United States is going to have to go to stop this uh, either this man's rhetoric or his uh, his threatened action. So. Um, it could be it could be very serious if the U.S. has to to engage in some sort of strike against North Korea. And I think what we'll do is wait for them to make some kind of a radical move, uh, proving that they're willing to to launch a missile. It's going to have to be a launch or something, I think, extreme uh, like that for us to to give a response. But if the United States does give a response, it's going to be swift and it's going to be dramatic and it's going to be hard. And then that's going to reverberate through China and the rest of the world. In your view. Uh, compare this to the Cuban Missile Crisis uh, under Kennedy. Uh, worse equivalent, uh, you know, in terms of equivalency. Well, it's, I don't think it's as bad in that with the Cuban Missile Crisis, you had the Soviets' massive power that were putting nuclear warheads into Cuba. So you had the entire Soviet Union, which had the capability right then and there already to wipe the U.S. off the, the map and vice versa. So you had two huge powers sparring over Cuba in that case. Here, we've got a little republic uh, in North Korea. Now, they're they're supported by China, but I guarantee you China is not going to get into any sort of armed conflict easily. They've got serious financial problems there, and that's the last thing they want. So it's a little different in that the big extreme player here is not a, a country as, as large as the USSR was then. It's a smaller country. You've got a sociopathic dictator. They don't have the arms or the finances or the military or the revenue that the Soviet Union had. So it's it's a lot uh, a lot smaller scale, but but no less dangerous than than it was then. Right. Okay. Yeah. I I, I look at this and as as I've studied this and looked at the timeline, uh, Bill Clinton uh, under under Clinton just to see what he had done uh, to advance that that. Uh, um, to advance the nuclear objectives of North Korea, it's amazing, and, and then to have him go on on television and announce that the deal, what made in '94 or something like that, was uh, to to make the world safer and, of course, to uh, stop the nuclear proliferation. It's just it's just mind blowing to see what was taking place, and then, of course, the acquiescence uh, uh, subsequent administrations. All right, um, wow, right. Yeah, it just it's it's ridiculous. Uh, okay, now the one thing that, that's concerning me, and and I I wanted to make sure I ask you about this, um, because to me I think that um, in order to take down our constitutional republic, they're going to have to somehow delegitimize our current president. And, oh yeah, I, yeah. And I and I've heard you talk about it. And by the way, before I even get into the question, uh, Kevin Ship is our guest from the Company of Shadows. Is his book, Kevin? Uh, you're and you're on Twitter. Um, if you don't mind, just just tell our audience where they could listen to you, what time, 
give your, your program information out, if you don't mind, as well as your book information out. Yeah, thank, thank you, Doug. Uh, I host a show called uh, The Intelligence Hour, uh, Monday evening, 6 p.m. That's Eastern Standard Time. It's on prn.fm, and we're kind of breaking the mold in that we have guests on. We talk about things, obviously, as you all do. They don't, they don't talk about the mainstream media, but we have a lot of CIA whistleblowers on there, NSA whistleblowers. I had the, the uh, phenomenal investigative journalist Paul Williams on uh, today. Uh, and so we've kind of broken the mold in that we bring these guests on. We let them talk about whatever they want to on, on air. Uh, and uh, so we have some pretty uh, exciting and fantastic programs because of the guests. Uh, and uh, so it's called the Intelligence Hour. It's been designed to let people like whistleblowers and others come on and just openly share their stories. Uh, and that's Mondays at 6. And I wrote the book From the Company of Shadows in 2012. And you guys remember that. You were... Uh, involved in that release uh, when I released the book and and the the CIA blacked out parts of that book that were not classified, doctor's diagnosis, environmental tests, things like that. They blacked out, and that's a violation of an executive order. Uh, They did it anyway, so I built a code into the book, and if you you plug the code in, you can see uh, what was blacked out and some of the illegalities there. Uh, So I started back in 2012, actually then talking about the, the shadow government, secret government then, and then I've gone out and done a lot of talks since then. Uh, so that's where I got my start, and have since uh, arrived now where uh, I gave a, a lecture in California. It's coming out this week on uh, the unconstitutional power of government secrecy, and, and I am, I'm coming, coming out really and just um, documenting how unconstitutional our post-constitutional government has gotten now with the abuse of secrecy, specifically the CIA, and how they're going behind Congress's back. They have secret budgets. They're engaging in coups and operations like the Free Steering Army, uh, without any of the input of the American people or the taxpayer or many times Congress. They're running guns into Syria and on and on and on it goes. And I think it's time for that to stop. I think it's time to call for for an overhaul of the CIA at the very least, which is what I think they're afraid of Donald Trump is going to do, an overall of the CIA, an overall of its secret budget. And it's time, I think, for the American people to demand that be done. So that's kind of uh, that's kind of what I'm up to lately. Fantastic. And I've got to say, folks, the Intelligence Hour uh, Mondays at 6 o'clock Eastern Time. Tune in, listen, and learn. And by the way, good friend Paul Williams, uh, j- just a just a wonderful, uh, wonderful guy and a tremendous author. Uh, just hey, Paul, if you're if you're watching, uh, met him up in Toronto, Ontario, one year, probably a decade ago now, and uh, just a fantastic man. So I'm going to be tuning. And the archive is available, correct? Obviously, yes. Yes, yeah. You can, you can go on prn.fm, find me as the host, click on that, and all the shows are up there. Okay, fine. Um, and I also want to thank Brent Bolesky, uh as well. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks to Brent. Brent, uh, Brent has, uh, is a fantastic producer up in Canada, has been responsible for a lot of guests on a lot of shows. And he's, Brent's kind of an unsung hero in that he makes a lot of these shows happen, including my own, and, and he takes no credit uh, for most of it. And so, uh, I like to give him a shout out as, as much as I can. He's, he's a, I'll tell you what, he's a great guy. Hats off to Brent Bolesky. Uh, thank you, sir. And uh, Kevin Ship is our guest. Folks, we're going to be right back. We're up against a network break. Give us three minutes. And we'll give you Kevin more of Kevin's ship on the other side. Stay right where you're at. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. There shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. 
folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com. Masterpreps.com. Wow. Uh, masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High quality items, made in America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Erickson. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow. It's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Train Close in the Woods. We are an American family-owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to 18 major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We are offering 25% off our must-have American Heritage Armies kit. It contains 12 homeopathic armies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HAGMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either. But they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues. And so can you. Check out our American Heritage Army's kit at www.changepersonwoods.com. Your life may depend on it. Hello, everyone. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. That means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. We're talking with Kevin Chip, host of the Intelligence Hour. Also, he's the author of a book, From the Company of Shadows. Kevin, we're going to jump right back into it in this last segment. I want to ask you about the the inner workings and, and what you see uh, inside the White House. We saw this uh, shakeup as, as Spicer was removed as the press secretary and uh, Scaramucci was brought in. And, and there goes the Saturday big... Night Live's ratings, by the way. I just had to throw that in there. Poor Saturday Night Live, they're they're going to go down the you know down the slide again. Go and, ahead, and Joe. when Scaramucci came in, we saw this huge push, uh, you know, to really try to weed out the leakers, the White House leakers, and uh, Scaramucci used some colorful language and did some things that apparently uh, upset some of the the leaders in the White House, and he was since removed. But um, Priebus uh, also 
there, there's been a number of, of people speculating that they're, the leakers are, are right there by Donald Trump's side and have been just about every step of the way. What's your, do you believe that he still has enemies or people who are working against him inside his inner circle? Um, and then as to the leaking, the leakers, uh, we saw a report that people are speculating it could be possibly Steve Bannon who is a leaker, uh, which is obviously unconfirmed. Any thoughts on uh, if Steve Bannon could be a leaker, one, and then two, Trump surrounding himself with the people he has in his White House, are there people in the inner circle that want him out of there? No, absolutely there are, yes. Um, you can count on that. You know, uh, uh, the, the place is surrounded and, and, and occupied by, by members of the shadow government. H.R. Uh, McMaster, for example, these people come come from the, the secret side of government. Uh, Susan Rice, as we know, is still there. She's been kept on giving her clearance. She continues. H.R. McMaster has done some, some puzzling things. He won't acknowledge radical Islam, and on and on it goes. Uh, uh so uh, uh, there, there's there's a, a deep state shadow government people in there, uh, and and what Trump Trump came into kind of a different world. Uh, he made his success in business as a delegator, as most of us know. When Trump would bring good intelligent people in that could, were good at what they did, whether it's in business or finance or construction, and he would just delegate and say, "Okay, you're good at what you do, go do it," and they'd go get it done. Well, it's not the same in government. You're, he's delegating to these generals. Not really knowing where these generals' loyalties lie, whether they lie with him, whether they lie with the shadow government, whether they lie with the previous previous administration. And in that case, when you delegate something, uh, he's not sure of the loyalty of, of who he's delegating these things to. And that's been, I think, part of the problem. He expects them to be loyal, to take the delegation and go with it. But instead, some of these people are working against him. Uh, in terms of the leak, I, I've heard this, this about Bannon. I, I would be surprised if Bannon is a leaker. I really would. Uh, all, all things are certainly possible. We'll let that thing play out. Bannon has been one of the only uh, inner loyalists that he's had up until now, unless there's been some kind of upheaval that we don't know about. Uh, that plus the fact, I would not be at all surprised if much of the White House and the Oval Office uh, was uh, wired for sound, so to speak, before Trump came into those buildings. Um, I, I think that some of these these uh, leaks may be coming from eavesdropping devices that have been placed in there. And, and there, there, you guys probably know the technology of, of listening devices today is so sophisticated, uh, you, you can't even find them. You, you know, uh, I, I, I got to ask you this. Uh, with, with, in your, I, I, I'm not sure exactly everything you, you've done, but don't you just kind of wish that uh, the technology would have been 25 years you know, advanced. We used to have to follow each other around in cars back then. You know, you don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> so, you know, you just that's that's a piece of cake. You do that on the internet. Oh yeah, I tell you, things have changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, exactly. But but no, I think you're I think you're right. Now, you know, McMaster uh, to me, I think is got to be replaced. And I think that the you had mentioned something, and I want to ask you about this because you're the guy to ask. Um, the Susan Rice. Uh, continued ability, the classification to, for her to access the unmasking. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, no, no, the, okay. the, the, um, you know, what I'm referring to the, her, uh, keeping her classification so she could continue to have access to the classified material. Everyone's saying, or I shouldn't say everyone, there's people saying, oh, that's normal. That, that, that's, that's, that's okay. You know, the, what McMaster had, had done. Others are saying, no, this is highly irregular. 
What's the real story on this? Well, McMaster's can do anything he wants to do. Now, I have to say this. Somebody that has a top-secret clearance and above, which she has in government, you you just don't pull that person's clearance. You, you can't do that. It takes an entire, with some exceptions, if the person's engaged, it, it, they would have to be indicted of a crime or, or have good probable cause they committed espionage to get their clearance removed from them. So it's very hard to do if they don't have cause to do that. So her clearance staying in place, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, now, uh, she was in the position of the, the National Security Advisor, which gave her the exclusive authority to unmask. It's one of the only positions that can unmask Americans' names or request the unmasking from the NSA. So she had that authority, as McMaster's does now. Um, so uh, it's puzzling that he left her in place. And, and again, we don't know everything that's going on in there. Jeff Sessions is investigating a lot of things. People have lost their patience of it and think that he's dropped. He hasn't dropped them. They're, they're proceeding on very slowly with some of these things, Clinton, the Clinton Foundation and others. So just because McMaster's hasn't done anything with Susan Rice yet doesn't mean he won't in the future. So there's a lot of things that we don't know. But to, to remove her clearance would be extremely difficult uh, and probably uh, can't be done uh, unless it's been proven that she's done something illegal. And in her role as a national security advisor, uh, uh, she had the authority to do what she did. Okay. All right. And But, but that was legally but perhaps uh, politically weaponized. You, you just nailed it. And this this has been my point all along, is people have been saying, well, these are deep state holdovers like Susan Rice from Obama, and this is all uh, Brennan and other people that, that are deep staters, the rest of the shadow government, that is just, just a few Obama people. That That is just not true. The shadow government in this case has been there since going back to the days of JFK and beyond, it's, and it's gotten more intense through Reagan, up through Bush, through Clinton until now. The shadow government is entrenched. It's been there. It's been running the show behind the scenes this entire time. It's not Obama holdovers. It is the system. It's the mechanism and the system that allows the National Security Advisor to, to request and demand the unmasking of these names in large amounts. The fact that that power is there and the fact that the NSA has that those thousands and thousands and thousands of names of Americans that they can unmask, the fact that that power is there, that is the shadow government. That hasn't changed. That's still there. It's been there through every single... Republican and Democratic administration leading up to this one. So it is the system that these people are functioning in, and, and most of them just align themselves with the system when they get in there. Uh, so this is the system, the shadow government system of secrecy that we're seeing operate here now against Donald Trump, not, not necessarily the personalities involved. Okay, and that's an important distinction. And by the way, folks, much of what I've learned personally and professionally about the shadow government is is from this man Kevin Shipp, uh, his presentations, his uh, his book, of course, from the Company of Shadows, which is a, his personal story. But but you can glean the operational tactics uh, as, as he has written. But uh, uh, the presentations and of course listening to his program, uh, I've, I've learned a lot from him. So okay, um, what are the chances that he's going to Donald Trump? given his current trajectory and that's for example you had mentioned him uh, uh, really uh, pulling the rug out from the Free Syrian Army what, what do you think Donald Trump's chances are of, con- of finishing his term let's just put it that way well I think he's in serious danger there I, I think uh, I think there are good chances that, that he won't make it to the end of this term uh, without uh, without the necessary support uh, in the government that he needs uh, there is no question about the fact that they have every intention, and that includes some Republicans also, 
of getting him out of office as soon as and as fast as they can with almost any means that they can that they can do it with. Uh, he his presidency is in serious jeopardy. Uh, it, it will be uh, amazing if he makes it through this term. They are so intent on getting him out, and he's surrounded on all sides. Um, the shadow government, of course, they've wanted him gone from even even before he was elected president. They were trying to get him back then. Mike Morrell and, and John Brennan yeah. and, and uh, former CIA director, NSA director Hayden all came out causing him a use, ca- calling him a useful fool of the Russians. Morrell said he'd rather vote and support, which he was, Hillary Clinton before he'd support Donald Trump. Brennan got this false dossier from John McCain and published it as if it was intelligent. On and on and on it went, them trying to destroy him before he got in office and immediately after he was in there. Now it's gotten even worse than that. I mean, his presidency is in serious danger, and, and the the concern there is Donald Trump is out of the box. There's no doubt about that. Some of his tweets are out of the box. There's no doubt about that. But his out-of-the-box personality is what they fear, because the shadow government, up until now, every president has bowed to what the shadow government wants them to do, If they, especially if they want to have a second term. Every president, every single one has bowed to the shadow government and let them do essentially what they want to do, except Donald Trump. So as out of the box as he is, that is what makes him so dangerous to these people. And I can tell you, Doug, they, they have every intention of, of getting him out of office. The, the concern is this. My concern is this. And I hope I hope somehow they stop this. If Robert Mueller, and, oh, and he's, he's, he's tried to do this, if he merges his investigation beyond Russia yep. and goes into investigating the financial dealings of Donald Trump, uh, and, and some of of his campaign and cabinet managers, but specifically, if he starts investigating the finances of Donald Trump, we have a severe constitutional crisis. I mean, we have one now, but we have a severe constitutional crisis. If they go after his finances, if they go after the finances of, of people, uh, his son-in-law and others that are connected with him, uh, and some some other people, uh, they're already trying to get Manafort financially. That's right. If Mueller verges into investigating Donald Trump financially, um. Uh, we have a constitutional crisis, and, and, and they, that would mean that they're going to find anything they can to get him. And we know, uh, I've worked with a lot of very good FBI agents and counter-espionage, wonderful people. I'd work with them anytime. I did some operations in other places, wonderful people. But when you get up into the upper levels of the FBI, um, they're very good at entrapping people. If, sure. they, if, they want, if they want a head on a platter or a scalp, they know how to trap that person. There are a thousand laws and regulations they can use to trap Donald Trump financially for lying to investigators. If, if uh, he says something that's later proven to be under any sort of obstruction of justice, stopping them from doing anything that they're trying to do, good, bad, or ugly, that's obstruction of justice. They can entrap him any way they want. And if Mueller takes this thing into, into a financial investigation, it is going to get ugly really, really fast. It's my understanding that, that via the grand jury that Mueller has already done, well, um, not Mueller himself, but via the grand jury that uh, uh, has been the, the, in D.C. already convened, Mueller has already done that. That mission creep has already done in the play. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, 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 that's possible. The, the deputy attorney, attorney general supposedly alluded to the fact he wasn't going to allow Mueller to, to go aside from the Russia investigation. That doesn't seem to be uh, having any effect, or if, if he indeed was... was uh, Saying that legitimately, uh, but but the fact that Mueller—I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Doug. Uh, the fact that Mueller impaneled, I think, two grand juries is serious, and yes. those are secret. Those are then the reason he did that is he knows that those are secret proceedings. No one can have access to the deliberations of a grand jury, and they can indict just about anybody they want 
without really telling anyone why they're doing it. So when you impanel a grand jury, you're moving this whole investigation from the public into secrecy. Right. And no one can touch it. And then you can do just about anything you want. Exactly. In the United States and Liberia, only two countries still having that uh, grand jury in force. Uh, only two free countries, that, that is. And, of course... Um, yeah, no exculpatory evidence allowed. It's all one sided. You can indict, uh, you know, the, the, as they say, a ham sandwich. And, and, yeah. I, and I've and I've had my experience in grand juries on a limited basis as an investigator uh, working with some criminal cases. But and I've seen some. Got to tell you, uh, I've seen some pretty surprising things uh, when it comes to grand, grand juries. But but that aside, you got Mueller who. Uh, why why under 28 CFR 45.2 um statute disqualification arising from personal or political relationship why had, why in the world is he still Mueller still allowed to to hold that position as independent counsel that's a that's a, the biggest question ever asked that's exactly right Doug that is the question how in the world can he do that now let's and let's think back a little bit it was Robert Mueller after 9-11 who instituted and oversaw the warrantless uh, search program, uh, illegal searches and seizures on American homes, thousands and thousands. He lied under oath about that and said, told Congress it was only 47 times. They got him up to 2,000. They got him up to 4,000. And then he said under oath, well, he couldn't remember how many times the FBI had entered, entered an American's home without an, a warrant. Uh, it was Robert Mueller that signed up on the torture program uh, and allowed this, uh, agreed with the CIA torture program. That was Robert Mueller. He's the guy that did all these shadow government uh, things and was connected to every single one of them. And now he's the special prosecutor. Once again, Doug, the deep state has put their man in there as a special pro prosecutor, and it is clear that he is out to get him now, and, and he's laying out the entire process to do just that. Man, that's the, the, this is absolutely just mind blowing because um, you've got uh, um, well, you got everything from Section 702 of the uh, of the FISA, the back door. I, I believe that they use for unmasking the um, uh, right. done for political motives, which I would be obviously a felony. And then you got uh, mm -hmm. Mueller. Then you've got uh, 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 McCabe, uh, and, and how Mueller can can be the prosecutor, the Investigator and the witness just blows my mind. But uh, 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 Rod Rosenstein and such, uh, th this whole thing. Yet, any well, any word on on? Uh, I've been hearing rumors now. This, I think, Sarah Carter from Circa News had mentioned this. I'm not sure. John Solomon maybe as well. That uh, sessions under sessions, there may be some investigation of Clinton that still might be open with respect to the server, whether it's Huma Abedin. Uh, or Clinton herself, or the server, or the foundation. Any word on that? Do you know? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I think uh, the uh, reporter, a, a good one, just came out uh, and and uh, alluded to the fact that uh, they have offered Hillary Clinton a plea deal uh, on the email uh, uh, case if she if she pleads out guilty as doing that. To my understanding, uh, that's going on right now. Uh, there's been no indication that she's accepted that offer, but but my understanding is that Session has levied levied that option on her, and that's all I've heard. I haven't heard a peep since then. But but and that came from a pretty reliable Ed source. Klein. Ed Klein. Ed I, Klein. In fact, I played that clip on my yes, show. News, yeah. And Newsmax. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I was blown away when when I heard that, and and it seems like it, it dropped like a lead balloon. I, I haven't heard it again. Yeah. He, uh, he came no, out what last week. And and Ed Klein is a tremendously reliable source with it with a, a virtually spotless track record. And you're right, Doug. That was a bombshell. 
And not only did, of course, we, we don't expect the, the mainstream media to, to pick up on that. We all understand why. That's a whole other program. But, but a lot of conservative shows didn't even pick that up either. It just fell, like you said, it fell on the floor like a lead balloon, something that huge. Boom, nothing. Man, it's, it, yeah, it, this is really, it, it's amazing times in which we live. We, we've got about yeah. uh, 10 minutes left. What do you want to talk about? Um, well, I got, I got a oh, question. Okay. Um, you know, we've seen how Congress has really, uh, stalled at trying to get anything done that they, they said they would accomplish during the, the last election cycle. And there seems to be, uh, an upcoming date here. I believe it's the end of September where if they don't pass a budget, we could be facing a government shutdown. Have you heard any word, uh, about if they plan on passing a budget? We saw a government shutdown under the Obama administration. Uh, what have you been hearing about this? I, I think well, they're they're going to make the proposal to raise the debt ceiling again and again and again. Here we go again. It's, we're going to go through the same charade again. There's going to be this big. It looks like a partisan battle that the Democrats against against Republicans, but they're really not battling. They're on the same sheet of music here. I haven't heard a thing about them passing a budget. I suspect they're going to go through the same sham they do every single single time and try to go through this big controversy about shutting down the government, not shutting down the government. Democrats against Republicans, and then probably what they'll do is raise the debt ceiling. But I haven't heard a thing about uh, anything coming to fruition with any sort of decision there at all. Okay. And and thank you for that. I, I, I do have a, a, another question to ask you. The um, U.S. House of Representatives, the three top intelligence committees, infiltrated by a cabal of Pakistani nationals from Imran Awan, Omar, Jamal Awan, Hina Alvi, and yeah. um, the wives, yeah. two wives. What, what and only Imran, by the way, is uh, was was nabbed and was let yeah. go on bail. What's the deal there, to your knowledge? I mean, this is huge. Eighty Democrats that affected over the, over time. I guess that maybe this is the old counterintelligence officer and me coming out. Mike, you you're, you're talking a widespread, international, massive espionage case. These guys, Pakistani nationals, they got paid $4 million for simple IT work. What other kind of work were they doing? How, how many IT people do you know make $4 million in a couple of years? Uh, they made $4 million. I think I think uh, uh, he was caught wiring $300,000 back to Pakistan. Right. That's how they caught him. They had, I guess, system administrator privileges to all of the congressmen and senators, even the intelligence committee members' computer systems, the whole thing. And these these guys are connected to Pakistan. Debbie Washerman Schultz, for reasons only she knows, kept this guy on board right up until his arrest, even though everybody backed off from him, even though everybody knew that, that this arrest was coming. She kept him on the payroll. Now, uh, as, a, as an investigator, Doug and, and Joe, m- maybe you're jaded like I am, but, but there's got to be a reason she kept him on the payroll. You know, there, Who knows what sort of information they dug out of her e- emails and the rest of, of Congress and Senate's emails. This is massive. This is a massive case. This makes the Russiagate look like a Sunday school class. But, of course, we know the mainstream media being plugged into the progressive movement and even in in some outlets, the shadow government, in my opinion, they're not touching it. This thing is massive. It's deep. It's corrupt. It has all the trappings of espionage. uh, And all we're hearing is crickets out of the media. So what else is new? Well, okay, in in that same line, because we've had um, and we've interviewed uh, I, the first I heard about this was from uh, citizen journalist George Webb, and then of course Luke Rosiak had written about it and some others. But um, when when we researched it ourselves and got got deep into this, um, 
we confirmed some of the findings of other independent journalists on the, some of the forums. You're, you're looking at the Awan, the Awan family having, I believe, having ties to Pakistani ISI. Um, of course, you know, getting, getting that money from, uh, uh the Dr. Al, uh, Ali, uh, Al Atar. And, uh, but my question to you, the businesses that, that the Awans were running, the car dealerships, the, the cars, uh, cars, International A, you know, short for CIA. Some of the nanoset technology, the other companies, the side companies that they were, they were operating. Are are these indicative to you? You looking at this? Are these proprietaries for the CIA? Do you think? Uh, not in those cases. I have seen. I've even actually come across some cases of. Uh, uh, terrorist front groups, international terrorist front groups. For, for some reason, they like car dealerships. I don't know why that is. Maybe because it's such a, it's the, the industry or something. Uh, I um, I don't think so. I think that this. I think you're right on target, Doug. I think this is an an ISI espionage operation against uh, deep into the Congress through through these brothers. I think that's what it is. I don't just my personally. I don't think the CIA is involved in this or their fronts. I think these are Pakistani Pakistani intelligence fronts set up in the United States, and I think these brothers are reporting directly back to them. Gotcha. All right. Man, what a, you know what, I, I can't even use the word I'm thinking of, but but this is a mess. Uh, yeah. Kevin, there was reports last week that this fall, Obama and Hillary will be uh, making an, a new debut, a political debut, if you will. Not sure in what capacity. I believe that uh, Obama has intensely been working behind the scenes uh, with a number of organizations. Um but I guess they're going to come out as the face or, or try to reorganize the Democratic Party, and there's no real clear leader in the Democratic Party. Any uh, guesses or indicators as to, uh, I know Camilla Harris has been a person who's been talked about as, you know, maybe the next best uh, Democratic nominee to run for president. Any ideas of, of what they might have up their sleeves and who they might put forward as the face of their party? Well, that's a real good point, Joe. Right now, they don't have a face for their party, or at least one they can't sell uh, right now. You can you can guarantee Hillary Clinton being of the uh, unique sociopathic personality that she is. She's not going away. She's not going to give up. Uh, she's she will not. She'll die before she loses. And then you've got, uh, in my opinion, the subversive Barack Obama, and I gave an entire lecture on that. I think he, he subverted the U.S. government. You got the two of them are not. You can you can guarantee, Joe, that they're setting up exactly what you all just said. They're setting that that up. And the question is, who's going to be the face on this new beast? <laughs> and and uh, I can't I can't make. I don't think I'm, I'm not sure if they have a face yet. But uh, it's going to be really uh, interesting, perhaps nauseating, when they do come out with a nice, smooth. Uh, the person who will be the new face, a nice, smooth, charismatic, maybe lizardish kind of person to be the new face of this new subversive movement. It's going to be interesting who they pick. I can tell you that. But you can be sure uh, that Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama are all over this thing, like like a coat of paint. You can be sure that they are grooming somebody right now. And 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 I don't. This is just my humble opinion. I don't think they have a person yet. Uh, but it's going to be really interesting when they bring that person forth because they're going to be. Uh, they're going to be uh, something to see. Absolutely. Well, this has been fantastic. Kevin Ships, our guest, uh, former CIA officer and uh, counterterrorism expert, uh, great presenter of information. You got you got to watch uh, videos of his 
presentations on YouTube, as well as tune into the uh, his program, uh, the Intelligence Hour, uh, every Monday night at six o'clock. You said right? Yes, correct. That's yeah. live. Okay. All right. Or right. airing at six o'clock. Okay, every Monday night. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, it, we we got about I think uh, I don't about know, a minute, two minutes left. About, yeah, about two minutes left. Any final thoughts? Any any uh, thing you'd like to convey? Well, thank, thank you, Doug. I just gave a speech in California on this. I, I want uh, your viewers especially and people out there to understand uh, we're in a post-constitutional government. It is being run by what I obviously call the shadow government, the secret intelligence agencies behind the scene, scenes, which, which control the deep state. That's made up of the military-industrial complex and others. We are living in a post-constitutional government. Our Congress and Senate are no longer representatives of the people. They're now statesmen and stateswomen, with the exception of a, a couple of sections like, like Rand Paul. They're statesmen and stateswomen that have no intention of changing the way government is, no intention of confronting, and this includes the intelligence committees, no intention of confronting the CIA and the NSA, and specifically the CIA. They have no intention of confronting them whatsoever, and the American people need to understand that they're doing this with our tax dollars and secret budgets, specifically the CIA, and it's time for the American people to understand that it's going on and start making a decision that all of us are going to stand up and say, no more, we want our government back under the Constitution, we want the shadow government out, we want it back under the Constitution. We want our votes back. We want our tax dollars back. And we want our constitutional government back. And we, we, we're going to have to stand up, each one of us, one by one collectively, and stop this because we're, we're nearing the end of, almost at the end of our constitutional government. And it's time for people to understand that we have got to do something. Boy, amen to that. 100% in agreement with you. And if, if, if not us, who? Because yeah. we, we can't, we can't leave this mess to, uh, future generations. Kevin Shipp, thank you so very much. We've, you, we've reached the end of the program. God bless you, my friend. Thanks. God bless you guys. All right. Wow. Joe, that, that was a fantastic interview. Yeah. And a lot of information. This whole show went by so fast. Yeah, uh, it did. Every interview went by really quick, which is always a good sign for with, us here hosting. Oh, yeah. But, but you know, one thing Kevin Ship did say, and I just really want to drive this point home, is the fact that the shadow governments surrounding Donald Trump, and of course, they, they want to take him out. They're going to take him out. And I think that, that, if we look through, if we look at all of the events that, that were uh, well, maybe not a hundred percent, and obviously they're not going to take them out before they, you know, demoralize and completely. There you go. You know, destroy, uh, attempt yeah. to destroy um, the beliefs of his people first, uh, and demonize those as much as possible. Then, uh, you know, they'll look to take him out either through impeachment right. or by uh, some kind of removal, physically or otherwise. Tune in tomorrow, 9 to 10, my show, the Doug Hagman Show. 2 to 3, Joe Hagman and John Robertson. And then, of course, our regular show from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Just, uh, what is that, five hours, right? Mm -hmm. Five hours of uh, the Hagmans, right? And not bad. And, of course, make sure you listen to uh, Kevin Ships, uh, the Intelligence Hour, every Monday, 6 o'clock. Go back and, and make sure you follow Paul Begley and, of course, Jack Pozovic. We want to thank each one of our guests tonight. Thank you, Brent Bolesky. Thank you, John Robertson, Program Director and Producer of the Hagman Report. Eric the Tech, thank you so very much. Jackie, our Administrative Assistant, happy birthday, my princess. And, of course, my beautiful wife, thank you so much for what you do. 
and for putting up with me. And to each and every one of you, the listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for your support. Your support means a lot to us, especially right now as we fight the globalists. And if you can support us financially, great. If not, pray for us. That's all we can ask. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great evening, everyone.